Hello, I'm Eagle, Eagle Gardens, Eagle Gardens 1 on Instagram, and this is Fucking Talking Shit with Eagle, episode 368. Hopefully you guys have had an amazing day. It was just an amazingly beautiful day here in Michigan, and I am looking forward to a great evening. Well, I have an amazing guest with us tonight, uh, Green Bodie. How are you doing tonight? Uh, if you want to tell us how you're doing, of course, where we can find you if they're wanting to uh, look you up. And, well, it'd be crazy not to be following you already, but there could be some kind of miracle. They're not. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of people not following me, but that's life. I'm not that popular. So, um, yeah, man, I um, I live here in Oregon. Um, kind of a been a West Coast native for a long time. Um you know, we're doing most of our stuff up here in Oregon and California. I'm um, doing a lot of consulting other places too, but just um, sticking in these two states as our resident states that we're in mostly. So um, that's where we're at for the most part. Weather's been really nice. Everything's been really good this last little bit. We just got done with a little um, snowboarding tour. My buddy uh, was here from Peru um Watasca is his IG Tosca 111 and goes by the name of Jose we're just cruising around chasing powder for the last month and then I picked it up off with my kid and caught some slushy days and just kind of um took a little little time off a little family time so it's been good now back to it before the season really gets crushing on hard but that's what's up Sounds like a good time. Sounds like a real good time over there. To be honest with you. It's really nice, man. I'm super grateful to have you tonight. I, I know I said that, but uh, I've been looking forward to this. So uh, thanks again. Right, right off the bat, I try to be vocal about the gratefulness. You know what I mean? It's, it's key. It's very key, I think. Good. I appreciate it too, man. I'm excited. I like these kind of things. They're fun, you know? They're cool. Especially when people are cool and everything goes smooth, you know? So what are you smoking on over there when you're done? <laughs> well, I have this little <clears throat> hash bowl that's got a couple holes on top. And then this little glass rod that I heat up and <clears throat> just mush down some hash. I do like a full spec hash, just, you know, 45 to 160 U and just sieve it. And that's kind of how I roll it just because it's like, um, you know, it's in between uh, concentrate and herb, you know, it's like uh, for me, it gives you the, you know, I can take 20 hits of the best rosin, but still want to take a bong hit, you know, <laughs> this kind of hash, I just smoke this and it gets me where I need to be or gets me where I want to be. So it works good. And this is Tenzin Kush uh, that I'm smoking now. It's a Sour OG by 78 Old School Appy. <coughs> I can appreciate that uh, style of bubble right there. I don't think enough people actually uh, appreciate it enough as much as uh, you and I do. But I, I find it to be it's just a not knowing thing. I think because of the dads and the recent, you know, push of being able to just get flour people kind of forgot like a old school or bubble hash 
water hash type hash. And uh, it's amazing. It, lately, I, I made some not so long ago, actually. Got what's left of a, a nice size jar here. And uh, and I, I pass it out quite a bit to people, you know. It was, and it's funny when I give them to them, they look at me like, what is this? And I'm like, that's, that's, they're like, is this caramel? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do I do with it? Hey, well, you can put it in a bowl and smoke it like that. Or you can, I like to uh, make a nice little worm and throw it in the middle of my, my, my joint. And it kind of just adds to everything. And then the next time I see them, they're like, that was good very good i'm like i'm glad you enjoyed it and hopefully it's not your last experience with some good some good hash. back in the day we used to not even see that you know we'd like uh make the hash and, I, and then I, I back then i'd separate every single bag you know and so i'd have a bunch of bars you know and they each bar depending on the strain it'd be a little more caramely and a little more melty a little golder a little browner depending you know um but then after now i i, I just I just do two washes and catch the 45. Um, this next time I'll probably just catch the, like catch the 45 and the 110. Um, but you know, I'm not, uh, I don't know. I'm not so much of a like connoisseur of the hash thing in the context of um, my current day style connoisseur and more like old guy style connoisseur, you know, it's like, cause back then we used to have like, we just have like these flat bars, you know, cause we'd, you know, you put them in between a silk screen and you press them with the paper towels on both sides. So you'd like get the, as much water out as you could. And then you let it dry. And man, those things would be like, you bust those things open and be so gold inside, just like coated with caramel. It looked like, you know, and they're really nice, you know, really nice. But it's a, seemed like a thing of the past now. It was really nice because you could travel with it a lot better. You know, you can, it was easy to work with, easy to store, easy to save didn't degrade fast. Um, I don't know. It was a, it's still, a, still a thing I like a lot, just, and especially for the experience of it. It's you haven't found something that you can get that kind of, um, complete experience with, I guess yet. So age. I, that is, that definitely describes, uh, the way I make my hash still today. That's the way I'm still <laughs> teaching it, to be honest with you. Uh, I, I've i made a couple of hash videos in the last, well, last year, a few last two years before that. And that's the, still the same method that I, I'm pushing right there is uh, that one pretty much press and then, you know, let it dry. You know, one thing I've tried, I have kind of learned in that dry is, uh, a little bit of freezer tech. I still leave it in that that puck, um, you know, that you squeeze or bar as you refer it. Uh, but so in some cases, well, up until late, to be honest with you, I would use I'd put that puck in in its prilex, and then I'd put it in the freezer, and I would slowly sweat out that moisture. You know, it, it would get a little frosty in there. I pull it out, and then let that dry out. Put it back in there, and let it. Pull out that moisture. Do that a full few times, and then store. You know, I know I've gotten a good majority of the water out these days. In, in between freezer, you can laugh at this. You you can you can yeah you can laugh if you want. You can and you, know, you can scoff. <laughs> I, I totally it's okay. 
it's okay. But uh, I actually had worked with a dryer, uh, herb dryer company a long time ago, a couple years ago now. And it, it, it worked excellent for drying your cannabis. And then um, I seen somebody what is, what using is it, it for, it's uh, my herbs now is what it is. And it's, it's a herb dryer. It looks similar to like a dehydrator. It's, it's been altered. You know what I mean? That they have their own spiel. I'm not going to get into that. But I have seen some people curing their hash with it. And so I did a side-by-side, uh, like just kind of letting it air dry versus some in the dryer. And I was so quickly impressed with what was the hash drying in the dryer that I quickly kind of pushed everything into the dryer there. But it's wow. it works well. It's it's a nice warm room temperature kind of cure and it's it it does it just like I would normally do it. You know, it it kind of that's what that's what's a freezer. Yeah, that's without the freezer. Mm -hmm. And it works well, you know, a day, day and a half, and it's it's pretty much ready for long term storage. Hasn't hurt the turf at all, up? you know. Does it darken up much or does it stay lighter? Oh, it, it does darken a little bit, but for me, I've always kind of looked at that darkening as a, a quality factor, to be honest with you. And somebody that's made it hash as a, for a long time, you know as well as I do, if you pull that pot, that bar, as you refer to it out, and it sits around and, you know, half hour later and it starts turning brown, that's some quality resin there, you know? And I found if it sits around for like four hours, well, maybe it might be a little bit closer to mids. You know what I mean? The longer the bounding <laughs> process to me is a judge of quality. And I don't mind that 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 color myself. For the most part, it's for me. And, you know, it, it doesn't, it's not a sign of quality, to be honest. Well, especially when you break it open and it's like, looks like gold inside, you know? That's what, that's what I noticed. When I like, it'll oxidize on the outside, whatever. You crack it open and it's like, amber gold inside you know and then i, I love it. i love it when, um, I, yeah you see it i love it when you make the balls of them you know after they're like all oxidized on the outside then the inside still like clean it's like totally looks like you know jupiter or something <laughs> it's like so it's got a neat swirl to it it's cool like little tiger's eye or something you know what are you smoking on it's nice I am smoking on a little bit of uh, Twisted TK and a little bit of uh, Medgrower One's Primal Punch. So it's kind of a little bit of 50-50 with a little bit of uh, some bubble hash here that I'm going to throw in the middle of the mix there. Nice. So uh, usually we start this thing right from the beginning, if you don't mind, uh, so when was your first experience with cannabis? What what drew you into this amazing plant? My very first experience with it. I was, I think, six years old in Nebraska. And me and my little uh, buddy, neighbor kid, um, we were cruising in the alley, you know, and um, saw these plants on this other side of this guy's fence, just like, you know they're like calling me you know so we uh jumped the fence 
ripped them out of the ground, took them to my house and um, put them in this like swimming pool when it was like four foot, you know, half foot, eight inch deep plastic swimming pool. When I used to like mix dirt in back in the day, you know, um, put them all in there, filled it with water and it was just like stomping around and it. <laughs> my dad came out, you know, and he's like, what the fuck's going on? Because like, we didn't even know what it was, you know. But we're just like basically making hash, you know, <laughs> but like, so all this, all this weed, it was, I don't know if it was like just ditch weed or if the dude was growing like plants in his backyard or whatever, but either way, that was my, that was my first experience of the, with the plant, you know, like it's um, it drawing me, you know, in that kind of way that was, um, you know, kind of beyond explanation, you know, in uh, just like now, but just, it was just very, um, innocent then you know very free free you know so so that so that was my first experience with it of the plant um you know showing me we had some type of connection an untainted calling i would call that too young to be you know coerced by any negativity towards the plant and that you know just a a goodwill calling from the plants <laughs> what's funny is the only um the only thing i can think of why i did that right is because it's probably um you know i used to watch bugs money when i was a kid too you know so like there was this cartoon of pepe Le Pew, you know he was making wine you know and he was doing like he's crushing the wine just like <laughs> so that's the only thing i could think of you know like when i look back at that like why i would have got that imprint other than maybe i mean because you know water hash is, is a new thing i think you know i don't think they've been doing that technique um in the ancient times you know so or I, I don't know for sure but from my understanding it's it's somewhat new you know um from either mila or you know someone right before her or a you know or around in that zone but from my understanding is it's kind of a new thing you know using water to extract using cold water to break trichome heads basically you know it's from what I've gathered to, I'm guessing uh, from that phase, like 90s, to be honest with you, like early 80s, early 90s, that type of era is when water hash was kind of introduced to everybody for the first time, at least on a, a more wider scale. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I don't know who invented it, but from my understanding, it, you know, it was Mila, but I, I don't know for sure is with or who they're with where they're at what's going on my friend jeremy um, keki from uh, davis herb farms davis hemp farms he's he's filled me in on the story because he's quite familiar with this kind of history and you know some of the legends he was with back then you know so um but for me i was kind of I, i'm not really versed and caught up in that kind of history to be honest but she's an amazing lady i've had the the gracious great great opportunity to have her on the show a couple of times oh sick she is just sick. a fascinating lady her canvas yeah. journey and some of the stories she had to tell were amazing i can't even imagine you know like when um when me and jeremy did that bhutan glory uh collab when we first started he was so psyched because she hit up she liked the like the uh, post and was like liking the posts and I think she might have shared one and she's sharing some stories like dude <laughs> Mila's liking this thing it's so sick I was like really I was like that is sick and then he gave me all the history and I was like oh damn 
like a fucking legend. <laughs> we're we're like the we're like the um, the children of the that that generation almost kind of you know in the sense of because they you know they were that one right before us that were really um, putting it out there it seemed like you know because we were putting it out there pretty hard you know I'm 46 so um, you know I've been doing this growing since I was 24 so you know not too long but a little while but these you know they've been in it like double that you know <laughs> like literally or life or that you know um just hearing some of the stories of some of the people i've been meeting uh this last little bit and some of these older legends that have really like laid the road for us you know it's, it's fucking cool man they really uh they really did something special but i when i feel it and when i see it you know, I think I think it was more the plant, you know, because I think most all these people, you know what it's seeming more like to me at one point I made a pact with the plant and, um, you know, very esoteric spiritual thing, you know, not for, you know, basically if I would do my best for the plant, it would do its best for me, you know, and kind of kind of way, you know, more like maybe like I'm a bee and doing the work, you know, and it's getting out there, you know, and the way it wants you know that's just my own internal perspective but when i really committed to offer myself to that in an altruistic manner to help others because i really couldn't find another way to do it in a grand way um everything started to change you know my whole life path everything started to change a lot you know so i can only imagine for these legends that really i'm sure had that too you know but in a in a, in a different type of way, their own unique way, but I'm sure like everyone I've talked to that's really devoted to this plant in that way has had that thing, you know, where you commit in that way that, you know, into the spirit of the plant or the collective consciousness of that wisdom plant or you working symbiotically together, you know, kind of like a cordyceps and the ant, but we get to live, you know, <laughs> it's a little different, but you know, like, this plant gets in us and gets fully um, entangled with every cell in our body. It creates, it, from my perspective, creates a healing aspect that's, that's quite unique, you know? And so if that's happened on a physiological level, the way it is, and on the spiritual and esoteric way that we've all felt, you know, so, something's going on quite bigger. And it seems like the symbiosis of it that's happening is what's uh, really... Um, really pushing it hard you know it's like when you have two notes that harmonize you know the sound is nice you can hear it you know so it's, it's something like that but more deep at least in my in my in my mind you know so i can only imagine these old legends in the super outlaw days like different country different places seeking around searching around doing the whole thing it must have been fucking neat you know i know because like i've done a similar thing with my own spiritual path seeking and that kind of thing so cannabis was just um a, a tool it wasn't necessarily the um i can't say it wasn't the vehicle either because everywhere i went i always brought good herb and man it opened up the best doors ever you know and um really offered me an experience and friendships that i still have that are going to be lifelong you know and so there's a lot of, uh, there's just a lot to this, you know? So I think once you really devote your life 
to what this plant has to offer humanity and the collective consciousness of our species. It's, you know, it gets quite special, you know, it gets quite, uh, quite fulfilling, you know, or I'm, I'm sure, you know, it's just my experience. So, so I'm sure those, those old outlaws from the back in the day were just like on one, you know, because it was like that edginess and egginess of being totally illegal and, you know, all that just makes it more awesome. <laughs> or at least, that, I don't know, that's just how I see things, you know. The herb I have better. to agree. Yeah, it, it does change when it, when you went from that uh, outlaw phase of it to, you know, the legality of it. You know, uh, in some aspects, it kind of, it does take a little bit of the fun out of it, uh, just a little bit. Yeah, that you that riskiness that you know, uh, it's that feeling of you know having to hide, knowing you're doing something right but wrong, you know. Uh, so I do, you know, they had to have just tons and tons of passion for it back then to do it because of the risk. You know what I mean? It, it it's it's a crazy journey. I think that's uh, that's another thing today, man, that people do need to grow because even though they may be enjoying cannabis either on a recreational level or a medical uh, medicinal level, uh, until they actually start growing that plant is when, you know, it becomes full spectrum, if you will. Uh, you, you're really being robbed of a lot of what cannabis can do to you for you in my opinion, if you're, you're not growing it, I mean, sure. There's a lot of benefits for record medic medical uses, but man, there is so many more benefits from the actual cultivation of cannabis in my opinion. For sure. And that's kind of why I termed this, uh, term called intentional horticulture. And, you know, I made that up, I don't know, maybe 20 years ago or 15 years ago. And so, the whole premise is working with this plant, wisdom plant, this power plant, giving it your all, every aspect of your intention, every aspect of your being to do everything needed in the best way to bring this plant to its potential, but not doing too much, you know, because you can overthink it and just straight kill it by being an over thoughtful weirdo like hovering around your plant i mean that you just can watch your plant die doing that you know it's like it's crazy how reflective the energies are and reflective the plant is you know so through that process you really get to see yourself you really get to see where you fall short where you're lazy where you're not aware where you're not being thoughtful where you're not being on time where you're not being diligent where you're not being you know predictive in your forethought you're being reactive in every way you know that's not right you know so all those qualities it becomes path especially working with this thing that we all love so much and that we all know is healing people we all know is giving this heightened state of passion and awareness and peace of mind to people you know why? Because of the endocannabinoid system that this molecule, cannabinoids, they mimic an oxytocin molecule or at least fit in the same receptor. So 
when that's going off, then we're experiencing this thing similar to from mother's milk to giving a hug to having sex to whatever, where that, that, that feeling, but we have it through this medicine, you know, through this plant. So that alone, I mean, can just bring so much well-being and health. And so through all that process, you get to introspect in a way that's really deep because, you know, generally the growers are smoking herb. You know, you got a lot of brokers and a lot of like, you know, trappers. They don't even smoke weed, you know. A lot of these people, these big business people and people and things, they don't even smoke weed. Oh, I get paranoid, you know? Oh, I don't like the way it makes me feel. It gets in my head. Well, why don't you observe what's in your head then? I mean, that might be cool, you know? Observe why you're being paranoid, why you're being self-conscious, why you're being fearful, doubtful, depressed, you know? So all those things will arise with this plant. Why? because it's trying to show you where your shortcomings are and trying to show you and give you the tools to evolve through it. You know, this is my perspective. I don't say it's true. And, you know, just like the Buddha said, you know, don't believe anything I say just because I've said it out of respect or reverence for me, but just as a goldsmith tests gold through rubbing, burning and cutting test everything I say with extreme scrutiny and critical nature. And if it works for you, adopt it. And if it doesn't discard it, you know, so it's like, you should be doing that with everything, you know, because I could be full of shit and nothing I could be saying is true, you know, or it can be for you too, because I'm just giving my own experience of what I've experienced directly. Um, so for me, it's what happened, you know, and, and for others that I know it are, a, um, you know, similar perspective also has happened for them too, in some ways, you know? So back to that intentional horticultural process, it's really, a process of evolving our mind through the relationship of caring and cultivating a wisdom plant, a power plant, you know, something that's got the capacity to open gateways of awareness in your mind that most things don't actually, you know, even ayahuasca, LSD, mushrooms, all this stuff, they, they can give you a good punch and you can really get a good epiphany. But if you don't have the tools to evolve your mind and change your reality, then it doesn't really matter. You know, it's just a dream you know, where you were evolved at one for a moment or two, you know, then you came back to the real world, started doing your normal relative dramas. And next thing you know, then you're, it didn't work, you know, but cannabis, I mean, we all know, cause even I I'll smoke one hit, two hits, three hits. Next thing I know, if I do something weird, I'm self-conscious on it. I'm observing it. I'm analyzing why I said that. Was my intention clear? Was my intention pure? Was I being self-centered? Was I being arrogant? All this starts to come in. So I start to analyze every range of my emotional state and my reactionary state. And I do my best to find the triggers in my body and analyze that and focus in breath and try to deal with all this stuff through the help of this relationship with this plant, you know? And so, I mean, it happens too without. But for, for me, it's honestly a, a type of shortcut, you know, and a lot of times people don't understand with the path of poisons, it's, it can be a really quick path or it can be a really, really long path because you didn't have the information and you, I don't know, started talking to elves when you smoke DMT or something, I'm not sure. And you thought it was real to where you write books about it and you tell everyone about it. I've never seen an elf on DMT. But I've seen all kinds of other things inside my 
mine and my pineal gland expressing and flowing out more DMT as I engage that receptor response in my brain by smoking it, you know? I, I mean, I've had the experience of being completely one with whatever the most divine everythingness is. So it's like, I, I can call it all kinds of stuff. If I were to, man, it was very alien at times, you know, lots of music playing at times, different things I've done. All, it's like, you know, but that's what's happening in here. I wouldn't say that's a real thing in the realm that I'm going to, but that being said with cannabis, it's more subtle, more direct, you know? I mean, we've all had the experience, take too many hits. We have some stress or struggle in our life. What do we do? go to that, start looming on that. Oh my goodness. I didn't do that. Right. Oh, you know, like, Oh, is this going to, is this going to end or, you know, eat too much edibles. Am I going to die? You know, like, is my heart even beating, you know, was a thousand, thousand milligrams. I think might've been too much, you know? Um, so those kind of self-introspective engagements that happen through that process of the relationship of this plant, it's like, very unique. So through cultivating it, through being there, giving it everything it needs, taking care in every single way, it'll give you the result of all that care, you know? And I haven't found something that shows that um, hard work and care more than this plant. And most people don't notice, do you know what I mean? You see in the, in the rec world, you see everyone's like trims like shit machine trims, whatever. Most people are growing conventionally with salts, whatever, you know, no care. The customers don't know they're not caring, you know? And it's like, and, and that's still good. And everyone's still psyched on it. You know, a lot of people don't even get the really high level organic, you know, herb. That's like someone trimmed every single sugar leaf perfectly, every single stem they clipped without hitting any bracts, you know, like everything's perfect. Not one hair is touched, you know? Some people do like that too, you know, I, it's just, you don't see it in the mainstream marketplace really, you know, not too often, you know? So I think all those conditions done in that intentional way, um, cultivates, cultivates something in our own mind. That's very unique and special, you know? So anyway, a little long rant, sorry. <laughs> But hash it. it every word of it. <laughs> Very wise man. You you may not you say it may not be truth, but I found a lot of truth in what you were saying myself. I, I definitely can relate to a lot of what you spoke. That's for sure. Cannabis is very it's a it's a spiritual plant and it is a very uh, a plant of wisdom. It, what I've seen in uh, the last few years, if I've talked to more and more people about their cannabis journey, you know, it is an incredible evolution. It's taken people from all works of life and they may start out growing for whatever reason, but none across the board, the plant has bettered almost everybody I've talked to in every way across the board. And it's brought them more into brought them more knowledge because they seek into you know plant tra training ipm moreover once they scratch and get into it far enough a lot of them start right from the beginning with organics and i found once you get into the organics now you've almost cracked into like a spiritual kind of 
growing as well because what I found what you find in the, the soil uh, is incredible, to be honest with you. There's a, so much, you know, what goes on in the soil and it goes on in with us. You know, it wasn't until I actually cracked that door open a little bit and started, you know, I knew there's things going on uh, in, in our gut as far as, you know, uh, bacteria and fungus and all that. Uh, but I never really understood the direct correlation of how close we are to plants, you know, as far as the nutrition they need and we need and how important, you know, mycology is in the whole game plan of, you know, how they uptake nutrients, digest things and communicate with each other as well. You know, so it's, it just draws people in deeper and deeper, you know, on both ends, the spiritual outside of the plant and just wanting to dive deeper into knowledge on how to cultivate and then more about the plant. Breeding, I mean, it goes on and on and on. As soon as you reach another one plateau, it kind of, you go, okay, I'm gonna walk down this road for a while. It's, it's an amazing plant. Yeah, man, for sure. And it's funny you said that about the gut, uh, gut uh, correlation because that's how I actually, uh, I think really advanced more of my cultivation techniques because I was, I got kind of sick when I was younger, you know, I was growing, you know, kind of pseudo organic, you know, at first I was growing really organic, but then I grew a little chem for a little while, some um, conventional stuff with a roommate and then went back to organics and, but it was like kind of half and half. And then, you know, I was having a, um, you know, some issues with my body. I was um, heavy metal toxic. I had like 49 parts per million mercury in my blood, my body, which is like, I think safe is three, seven is extreme. So it was like, you know, 16 times safe, you know? Um, so then I had candida really bad. And I was like, you know, I was really itchy and irritable, you know, I was really just like, it was really gnarly, you know, it was a really weird feeling and felt like I was going crazy, you know? And even after I started doing a lot of Buddhist practices, I was just still like really agitated and really irritable and, you know, want to like knock people's heads in, you know, for even just like giving you any attitude. It's just like, it was very strange, like, you know, beautiful girlfriend, you don't even want her to touch you, you know, cause you're just like, Oh, like, so I was just, I went to the doctor and was telling him all about it. And he's all, man, He's like, have you ever heard of metal, heavy metal toxicity? I said, no. He said, sounds like you're extremely mercury toxic. I said, what, really? And so then we did the chelation and I was extremely mercury toxic, you know? Um, anyway, so after about two and a half years of chelations, I got it down to somewhat safe, you know? Um, but anyhow, at that time, I started realizing that I had to change every aspect of my diet my living, what I was eating. And I was eating okay at the time, but not caring. So then I, you know, switched to trying to eat all organic and, you know, leaving out certain things. Um, they said I was really gluten intolerant too, like a 0.987 on the, out of 1.0 on the scale, but I don't have much signs of it, you know, so I would still eat it and whatever, no big deal. And so anyway, I started realizing I'm like, ah, once I realized what was in my gut and how it was working, I just, I started analyzing the soil and the soil biome and all that, what's happening. And, and you realize that it's all the same, you know, in a lot of ways, there's this so many analogies. It's like a mirror, you know? So, and once you start being able to give yourself all the conditions to promote your potential, 
you start realizing that it's like that with everything. Everything's conditional, you know? So if everything's conditional and you, you can analyze logically the prime conditions of something through understanding and knowledge, then you can alter those and create the conditions for something that's going to benefit it most. Um, really neat things start to happen, you know? So once I started doing that with the, with the soil, it just like, it really changed. It, 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 it changed together is what's really interesting, you know, as my understanding of organics, my understanding of my own body and vehicle, once that both started happening together, it's um it's really neat you know it's a really cool journey and it gets quite simple then too like you don't have to eat as much like with organic you don't have to feed as much you know you don't have to give it as much stuff especially once you're on your fourth fifth eighth tenth round on a container you know because i that container grows still and and we're just we're just reusing the same pot just amending every time you know and this last time we didn't even we just pulled the heart out and then just plugged another one right in there didn't even till didn't even like break it up at all i don't know if i'm gonna do that again but um next time i'll probably bust it up a little but still just use the same mass i'm in a little bit in there and then start and it's just like you don't need much especially with things like em you know um it's, it's basically like a super lab with extra bio probiotics it's epic i eat it too you know so it's like when you can start eating what you're giving the you know I mean, even pre, it's not like you're, you know, so like what I realized with certain things, once you <clears throat> give your body exactly what it needs, you don't need that much, you know, um, with the plant, same too, you know, you can get a really beautiful, really amazing thing without all this extra BS that's, you know, kind of destructive, actually, to the environment, destructive to the, to the plant, destructive to a lot of the life in the plant, you know in the soil if you're using soil if you're using just a regular conventional soilless medium you know it's like you you add whatever you want life in there so it's 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 a different style you know so i'm not like knocking it it's just not for me you know i just i did it i did it it's nice you know you get more weed sometimes it looks way more cracked out terps are you know less but the looks there so the bag appeal is there and so if you're doing it for money and selling it it's, it's really good you know but if you're doing it for your head, it's just, I don't, I don't go to the store and, you know, I don't, Albertsons isn't my choice of store. If I have a choice, you know, just personally, you know, um, if I'm going to go into the store, I'm going to choose organic heirloom tomatoes. I'm not going to get a hot house, you know, hydro grown tomato. I'm just not, you know, I'm not going to get a, Hey, where's that conventionally grown um, orange at, you know, I'd rather get some cara cara, like organic dank, orange you know I, this is me but everyone has their own thing you know it's like it's it's funny you see like eugene we had it's so funny that for so many years you got all these hippies that are like so heady everything's smoking american spirits you know it's like no offense man but you can only be so heady if you like are addicted to a multitude of things you know so one thing to balance you know i'll take a drag of a cig i don't care you know just a the wisdom plant too you know tobacco fucking change the world you know the natives they used it properly you know they grew it properly they used it awarely what's happening with marlboro <laughs> yeah, i have a lot of um opinion and stuff to say but i don't know i know there's a lot of smokers so i'll just you know don't want them to get all mad don't want anyone to suffer that being said when you start to um 
tailor the conditions of any scenario, if you tailor it in the way that's going to advance that being or that plant or that space or whatever, you know, a lot of cool stuff can happen then. And it happens quite effortlessly, what we've noticed, you know. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm currently working my way through new mediums. You know, I've ventured my way through uh, all kinds, to be honest with you. Probably everything you've, you've listed. Everything Have you done you've aquaponic? listed. Probably been some, to be honest with you. But, Have you done uh, aquaponics? I've, I've changed. Well, I changed in the beginning. It's kind of funny because I had not that's a, that's one of the uh, maybe someday that's one of the fun things about canvas that you know it still kind of draws you on you can still you know i, I want to do all this <laughs> let's see it seems like a great way and you know you're it's already on the uh, organics uh path anyway so you know you can actually feed yourself and your plants off a system like that if you did it right everything but I'm actually getting back into like a more soil type system now coming in from cocoa. Uh, I had a friend of mine, uh, Smiley's Gardens, who does like an uh, organic takeover once a month. He just had uh, Dutch Blooms, Josh from Dutch Blooms on uh, this last month, uh, trying to teach that organics and regenerative uh, type of gardening. But uh, so he was nice enough to bring me a couple earth boxes with a coots mix in it. I know I heard you say you were saying, you know, a little less, you know, you could get less. Well, it, in this instance, right next uh, to the, my cocoa, it outperformed my cocoa. And there wasn't the lag in organic that uh, you always hear. Organics doesn't grow as fast and all that. The yield isn't as good, but better turps. I didn't find any of that to be true and the side by side it kept up just as well and that was one of my other draws of wanting an organic type of uh medium in my garden was because i am a caregiver it is a medicine not just to me but my patients as well so i am concerned you know even though i had i do grow in salts a little bit of organic mix in there it's a, it's an up and down and it's still an evolution as many years as I'm into it. Now I'm back to the organics and, you know, I've seen that in now that I'm, yeah, it can work in the current system. I'm definitely trying to bring it back. So I've went out, I've got, uh, I've got four different types of soil. I guess you could call it one of them you see behind me. It's like an M3 mix and it does have perlite and vermiculite in it. And I, you know, I'm still like, when I look at that, I think I scratch my head and I think soil, uh, not so much. I don't go outside and see that. <laughs> so, so I'm kind of, the other ones a little less, little less little more of this that and i'm kind of leaning more towards the other brands so far but you know my my main concern is like the future as you stated you know i've talked to a lot of people about organics and now i'm talking thinking about next runs you know and maybe just amending these or 
you know, different. I'm, I'm thinking of the future, no more of, you know, taking it out, getting rid of it, all that. I want to, I want to try to have a few runs on a soil, maybe in, amend in between. But I've heard you talk of like eight or nine runs in these, in like a pot, you know. So, uh, how do I like with these herb boxes that I've got, you know, behind me? I'm wanting to put them back in the run, you know. How should I go about like amending a pot? And you know, I do you lose aeration in time? I mean, do there is that in forethought of setting up that pot, you know, for the long term. Well, usually what I'm doing is um, at the end of the run, I'll, I'll dump the container, smash it all up, take anything that's like, you know, really dense out. Um, the root heart I'll take out, um, even though it's packed with goodness, I still take it out. Um, and then I'll take any real matted chunk root out. But then other than that, I'll leave the rest in and then I'll break it up, put it back into the same pot add a little soil on there if I have to plant and then I'll top dress um, usually earthworm casting, some Alaskan forest hummus, some, um, you know, basically some other nutrients that, um, that we're making. So um, just a multitude of different things like a pelletized organic nutrient. Um, we have a, you know, a three phase thing that we're working with a company that's really just he's fucking amazing. So um, I'm not going to tell the name or anything, but it's coming out soon. So um, anyway, that being said, amend with a little bit of uh, nutrients um, and a little bit of gypsum, a little a few other little things, biochar, things like that. But about a cup and a half worth of stuff, you know, throw that on there and then just water it in on its first um, feed after transplant or first, uh, water in a transplant, you know, mycorrhizas, stuff like that in the, on the root mass or whatever, but that's what I do every time. And then from there I top dress, you know, and if I feel like I need to give them more, I'll give them more. Um, but that's, 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 that's where it's at, you know, so top dress, hit them a few other things, EM, um, some, you know, hydrolysate fish or uh, food compost, you know, liquid food compost kind of nutrient, a couple other things, you know, so all like kind of ag products, uh, bigger products that you're getting in like 55 gallon drums or toads or something like that, you know, you can't get it in like the, the bottles or anything, you know, 55 gallon and above, I think, but it's worth it. <laughs> The, the, the ROI. So, uh, what about what about <laughs> if uh, we're not in pots? Uh, like if it's more of a bed type uh, garden. I, that's, I mean, you know, some. I think it depends on the size and how compact it is, how big it is, if it if it can do its own thing or not. Um, if it has the size, it, it can do its own thing without you having to till or do anything to it for sure. You know, um, smaller sizes just a lot of the, the root, the plant eats a lot of the dirt, you know? Um, and it's hard to add enough dirt to counterbalance the root at that size. It seems like when you're using things like, um, you know, good beneficials and good probiotics, it seems to digest the decaying root mass pretty well and root matter pretty well and get it usable or the plant kind of takes it over and, you know, 
not really sure what happens with the roots, you know, to be honest, because I had a really big pile that I left out for, you know, a couple of years, just black plastic on it and open it up, this kind of thing. It was all the dirt I just keep putting in there when I was, wasn't, um, wasn't reusing it. And after a couple of years, I opened this thing up and was moving. So I was going to take some when I opened it up and the entire mound was like these little glass roots, the tiny little roots, they were all connected. It was like one giant root cake, you know, it was just like one giant root cake. So it's really interesting because like all the, um, all the uh, dogs coming in here, but um, it, it, it all just stuck together, you know? So I don't know, I don't know if it was all the mycorrhiza and the fungi and everything, just like, you know, interlocking together and creating one unit. So I'm not sure what, how much of that happens in the root mass um, in your container, you know, and if it doesn't have the size, the root cakes up and gets pretty big versus the soil that's there. We're, we're experiencing that on our, I don't know whether it's like six, six, seven, six, sixth run or something, seventh run on these 10 gallon smart pots. It's, um, they're kind of getting pretty tight. So break them up, take all the root out, add whatever you need to a fresh soil to it. You know, but like I said, it's, it's seven, seven runs or something, six runs on a, on, a, um, 10 gallon smart pot, you know, which is, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't know you could do that before. <laughs> so <laughs> like, honestly, I just would throw the no, shit out. I would say that's pretty dang good. To be honest with you. Yeah. 10 runs on a 10 gallon. That's what I'm running. 10 gallons. So yeah, so if, you know, if I could run 10 rounds on, on that same medium, I'd be stoked. You know what I mean? Well, you have to, it saves but, a ton. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to throw away all those worms and all the like life. You're looking forward to that organics. A lot of top dressing, you know, a lot of castings. So that's, you know, you say top dressing with castings. The one thing I've always found with the top dressing with castings is, uh, they harden up the top of my soil. You know, they they make watering a problem at some point. It's the only downside I found with the top dressing with earthworm casting. So is there something else that uh, you feel is a good substitute or do you have a tip of, you know, you know, top dressing with earthworm casting so they're not so uh, water shedding? <laughs> I use forest hummus too and then... Um we'll break it in, but yeah, no, we don't have that problem with our soil because our soil, I don't know, it doesn't cake like that. Maybe there's a lot of peat in what you're using or something. I'm not really sure, you know, we do a weird, you know, um, you know, we're using a lot of peat too, but, or maybe um, it's the cocoa or the type. I'm not really sure, you know, but we, um, we don't get much caking on top or we'll break it up too, but also it's the type of, um, we're using a dram sprayer too. So it like, it has a lot of pressure so the top you know um inch or two of the soil is always breaking up and aerating and it's so it's driving that top dress and that um forest hummus and 
um, castings down. Maybe it's the combo of the forest hummus too with the castings. Why it's not caking on ours, but. Well, in my, uh, I should say it's only get that problem if I let that top layer get a little too dry. That's when I get the water shed. You know, if mm -hmm. I keep it at a moist level, it's not so bad. But if it gets to where it dries out even to the slightest, it, yeah, it sheds. I usually will have to go back through and kind of break it up a little bit, that whole top layer before mm -hmm. water, then everything will but it's probably more or less uh, clean that water on point. Maybe I should think about uh, uh, maybe some type of uh, top cover, some top, uh, maybe some straw or something like that after the, the dress, earthworm casting dressing. Help keep it moist. I don't know, man. Straw is good for a lot of things. I don't use it, but it has a lot of potential, though. That's for sure. What it holds, it's like a lot of bio life for sure. Especially once you, uh, you know, I don't know, putting it in your compost tea and little bales, you know, little wrap up bales. I used to do that, but just because I heard it did produce some type of extra beneficials, but I don't know for sure, man. I'm not a, I'm not a biologist, so, and I, I'm not that studied in that kind of stuff. I'm more studied in philosophy and psychology, so, um, all the all this plant weed stuff i just did intuitionally <laughs> i didn't read any books or anything like that or i just you know you pick up things here and there luckily i was in eugene so a lot of the culture is all about it and everyone's pretty snobby about organic here you know it's hard to you ain't busting out that you ain't busting out your uh your hydro here you know in the in a, in a party and like rolling a joint of hydro being you know, and people being psyched on it at the party, you know, that wasn't happening here. It just wasn't, but I mean, I did it, but <laughs> so you're like, everyone's like, they're all the long dreads, you know, <laughs> like, hey, bro, you know, this ain't organic, you know, you're like, oh, interesting. I can tell that's what I, that's when I was like, I grew organics for uh, a couple years, just like, you know, went out and dug my soil and amended it and put, um, you know cocoa in it and just like rocked it like that did some teas you know and then i did some general hydro just top feeding into vermiculite and perlite for a year and a half or so and um how everyone would re re how receptive people were of that or or not you know what i mean nobody around eugene liked it you know so you know you 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 roll a bunch of joints that you're you know because you only smoke you're only smoking that so you think it tastes good you know smells good it's chronic look at this shit you know and these like hippie organic folk smoke and they're like you know <laughs> it kind of you know rubs off after a while you know <laughs> you know you know you know you like to be the guy that's like uh you know even with food or with anything that people are enjoying what you're offering you know you, you want them to enjoy what you offer you know you can tell with weed it's very weird you know like i'll bust out a jar back in the day you know roll a joint at a party or something just because you bust out a jar and it's dank or whatever other people like trying to bust out their jars, show you their weed, show you how dank their weed is. You know, you're like, no, man, I wasn't like show and tell time. I just wanted to roll a joint, you know. <laughs> but it's a really interesting thing with the herb, you know, and the um, and the ego, you know, and what it does. It's a really unique one with that, you know. 
it's like really exacerbates it or really like crushes it or like has a lot of dimension to how it uh how it works with the ego of the mind of the cannabis user and grower you know i think that uh it, it seems only natural for me for uh cannabis and psychology to kind of go hand in hand to be honest with you do you find that to be true and do you find that help other people in the psychology field that are, are they open to cannabis as well um in the western psychology yes but you know in buddhist psychology um they're they don't they don't consume for the most part um none of of course none of the monks do and you know but i've, I've given i've given some of them um cbd medicines for multitude of ailments and also um, their friends in India with like epilepsy and stuff like that, cancers, things like that, asthma. And there's micro amounts of THC in some of that and a little more in some of it too. Um, so in that context, they've utilized it as medicine, but not in a way of altering the mind in any way, you know? So <clears throat> in Western psychology, for sure, obviously, I'm not to say that like, uh, not to say that there aren't lots of spiritual practitioners, Buddhists, whatever, that don't use cannabis for the psychological medicinal aspects that it offers, but um, not in the, uh, like scholastic rigor, you know, <laughs> I guess, you know, um, it's very, very strict in that context, you know, and they're very, they're, you know, monks have taken vows and everything. They don't have no use, no need, no desire at all. It's like, it's what I've noticed, you know, um, but for, as a medicinal sense, if they're experiencing some type of, you know, headaches or some type of, um, you know, their family, like I said, with epilepsy or cancers or them, you know, They've utilized the medicines then, um, but, and, you know, for psychology, like a lot of my friends were all kind of, you know, similar, like, you know, they're definitely introspective people, good people, um, trying to analyze mind of themselves. I mean, my friend is just like my friend in um, Peru, my brother, Jose, he's a, he is a psychologist. So, you know, I mean, then he's, I don't, I don't think I, I think he loves weed more than me even, you know, <laughs> so it's, uh, you know, and he's, he definitely loves, um, loves the study of mind and loves to help people, uh, in that context too, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard because a lot of people, they might think, think the things, but they don't have the words maybe to, um, uh, clear, you know, and if you, you can help them sometimes by, if you do have the words, to the experience and share an experience that's relative to their experience it can it can offer a lot of help especially if you can talk them through what you experienced and went through and your sufferings or your um elations or whatever and they can relate it's it's it's, it's quite beneficial um so i think it's like that because you know for since i was a kid um you know or 18 at least you know um you know, I'd be rolling the joint. I'd be the one rolling the joint at the party or, you know, it's like that. So you, you, if you're the one rolling the joint, you light the joint, you pass the joint. And then, you know, it's like, you know, this thing starts to happen. Right. And so if, what I noticed over the time, you doing that a lot, it creates a lot of possibility and chance for communication, right. For, um, you know, for helping or arguments, one or the other debating or, or laughing, you know, you know whatever it's like a lot of stuff can happen a lot of cool stuff can happen too you know and so that in that in that there's a lot of 
mind stuff that's happening, a lot of social dynamics happening, a lot of communication dynamics happening, a lot of um, our own insecurities. You know, I used to have very like high amounts of social anxiety, you know, so that's why I started using cannabis because I um, would get so nervous and I'd use that to kind of make it more nervous. But, um, but then that would calm me in some ways, you know, it would get me to see all these conditions more clearly and I would throw myself in and I'd smoke herb and then throw myself in like that. Cause it'd be more awkward, you know, and then I would just have to cope with that uncomfort, you know? And so that, that, that has its own unique path to it too. You know, um, even like I did this talk at the, um, called Toke Talks, you know, and it was at the, I think it was at the Aladdin theater in Portland. There's a lot of brands in Oregon there, they, like 14, 15 brands there, all speaking, you know, and I didn't realize it was going to be like four or 500 people there, you know, <laughs> and it was sold out. And like, I was like, Oh no. And I was, I was one of the like headline speakers, you know, and I just didn't speak before I asked the guy that was putting it on, um, not to put me on before uh, or after Jeremy Plum, you know, because this guy in Oregon named Jeremy Plum, he's a very eloquent, scientific kind of speaker, you know. <laughs> he's, so he's, I'm like, oh man, I'm I'm, I'm not that, so I don't want to come after him because I always really enjoy his talks, and um, I'd have felt like I would have like dudded after that. So luckily, he put me before him, you know. But either way, I was like kind of nervous because I'm walking around, seeing everything. A lot of people there, everyone on stage making everyone laugh, you know, it's like a comedy hour, you know, I'm like, fuck, I didn't even prepare anything, you know, I was like, oh, no. Oh, so I was kind of stressed out, you know, um, so then I started microdosing LSD, you know, because I'm like, man, I'll, I have because I never spoke on stage like that before, like did any big public thing like that. So I figured, you know, if I start microdosing a little acid, by the time I came on, it'd be kind of awkward, you know, and weird, you know? And so I'd figure like, oh, if it feels like, then it'd be really weird and awkward. And then I figured if I could pull it and pull that off like that, then anytime I had to do it in the future, it was going to be easy, you know? <laughs> so I just started like, you know, I don't know, maybe I took one, one hit total, you know, but whatever. So I was like, really getting kind of nervous, sweaty, you know, like it's coming on. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> So I was like, oh, screw this, you know? So I went out in the van. I had this like 96 old Ford Econoline. I still have it. Actually broke down yesterday, you know, <laughs> on the way to Portland, you know? I had my motorcycles in the back. I was getting tuned up for the kid, you know? And thing broke down. I had to get like, had to bring another vehicle. <laughs> it was very funny, you know? Anyway, so I used to, I used to just only have this, this, this Econoline van. And I was, I had like the bed in there. It was like, I had my whole setup in there, you know? It was like total um, kidnapper man, you know? It was crazy, you know? Anyway, so I just went in there and like did my practice, you know, and I have a lot of stuff memorized. So I was just, you know, reciting all that stuff and just kind of focusing. I was like, oh, man, I was just trying to calm myself down, thinking I'm like, oh, I can teach like quite a while on each one of these verses, you know, and each verse is four lines. And, you know, I'm, you know, reciting stuff for like an hour, you know, and I'm, you know, I was thinking, I, you know, I was like, it's all right, you know, it's just going to happen. It'll be chill. You know, I just had to think of one thing, you know, like I'll just get one kickoff line, you know, so, and I was just like, oh, so I just thought I was like, well, I came out and I said, well, if I were to known there were going to be this many people here, I would have prepared something, you know, and everyone's like, ah, and then I was just like, and I rolled into it, you know, it was funny because there was supposed to be a clock at the end of the end of the stage, you know, 
And when I, and so I know how long I, I only had 10 minutes, you know? So when I, I, when I went out there, I'd know that like, what, what's up, you know? So I go, you know, go out to the end of the stage where the clock's supposed to be and look off the stage and it's not there. I'm like sick, you know? And so then I just start whatever. Sure enough, I'm going to end it, you know? And like when I'm going to end it, I'm like, someone bobbled the mic and like kind of looked like a kook, you know? And I was like, I don't want to do that. So like, I was had so much focus on putting the mic in the mic, stand, you know, like I was like looking in there, rah, put it in. And it was so funny when I rewatched it, like, you know, months later, you know, on the TV, on the YouTube or whatever, it stopped like right at 10. I, I did that like right at 10 minutes, you know? So I was like dialed on the time, you know, but, um, and it was very funny, you know, I, it was such a relief to be done with that. Cause I mean, even these like podcasts are kind of like, you know, interesting, but when you're like, got like, and a lot more people see these too, but it's like when, when you see the, when it's like all those people staring at you, like make me, make me feel something. It's like eggy, you know, feels weird. <laughs> it's funny you say that because I can see that, to be honest with you. You know what I mean? To the, the live aspect of it. But to, it's kind of funny you say that. We actually have 107 watching us right now. So, Sick. you know, I've actually had it happen to where it's the other way, to be honest with you. Even though these eyes aren't upon us as like you speak of like you know what i mean in that live aspect i've had times where we went live and you couldn't see the chat rolling or whatever and it was just that awkward feeling the other way it's like this just isn't right i you know i i'm totally off rhythm there's there's one night that it happened and i could sense like crickets i mean for like, I could just sense like a distance of emptiness. I was like, oh, what is going on? I couldn't get in rhythm of like talking. It was quite <laughs> the same, but opposite, to be honest with you. It was. You hear comedians talk about bombing, you know? And um, that would suck. <laughs> it would suck, you know? Like it would really. It would it would be it would suck, but I'm sure it'd be really good for all your ego that thinks you're cool, you know, all that thing that like ruins your life. I'm sure it'd be good for that, <laughs> but man, it would like not feel cool, you know. <laughs> That's just at least my perspective. You know? I, I oh, hate it looking was weird stupid. because I wasn't. I'm sorry, I didn't mean cut. No, you you're all good, bro. All good. I was. We're all on the same page. <laughs> Uh, it was with uh, Matthew Gates, uh, the IPM uh, gentleman. You can get, he's done uh, growing my fellow home growers one to other things. But it was weird because we both sensed that emptiness. It wasn't just on my end. It was on both ends. It was like super weird, the, the cricketness, uh, the emptiness of the, it was weird. It was just weird. Um, yeah no it's uh sometimes it's like that man you never know you can get it you can not get it it's like same like athletics whatever you know sometimes you get in the flow and it's like epic art whatever music you know 
man, I can be playing like one, one, one chord, you know, and like doing that really good or playing just one little scale, one string even, you know, and make it sound better than if I'm like trying to play sometimes, you know, sound like I'm like, I mean, I, I, I still suck anyway, but I, it's, you know, sometimes it sounds better than other times. <laughs> you get a little more in the flow, you know, it's always better, you know? And I think same with these, all the same, you know, you ain't in the flow. Everything's like, oh, oh, oh. And the, all, the, all the, all the two people tune in are kind of, you know, vibing off that. It's, it's, it's like, that, you know, then you're, then everything gets, once it starts, the ball starts rolling that way. It's like hard to recover sometimes, you know? So I can't help but wonder, you know, you talked on several occasions through this conversation of like having a, like a calling with the plan. So, uh, and I, I, in that same aspect, uh, I think we get robbed as consumers and I'm not necessarily a person that goes into the dispensaries or visiting centers, but at one point I had to. And I think we were robbed of that sense. We don't get to smell or, you know, get a good hands-on with the cannabis that we're about ready to purchase. But do, is, do you use that as, you know, a guide as well with uh, strains that you're, you know, fixing to grow? Do you, do you have a, you know, you find a relationship with it, uh, a calling with some strains that uh, you want to put in your garden? Oh, for sure. The stuff I want to grow, I don't think most people want to smoke. They don't even know what it is, you know, like literally, you know. So even I, I, get, I get sweated from my friends. They're like, dude, you're like growing strains in the 90s, bro. <laughs> like what's happening? You know, like get with the times, you know, I'm like, eh. <laughs> I like I like strains that make you paranoid and all like, you know, super hyper and weird and make your lips sweat, you know. Like that's the kind of stuff I like, you know. I like other stuff too. <laughs> I like OGs and that kind of thing. I like some of these new, <coughs> you know, some of the, <coughs> the new hype cuts are pretty cool. <laughs> but <coughs> some of them aren't <coughs> that great. I don't know. I don't, but the, the marketing's epic on a lot of them. That's 100% for sure. So whatever's happening is, uh, it's happening. <laughs> That's for sure. You know, I just see a lot of the strains that, um, you know, I don't, I don't smoke any herb from shops. Actually, I've only bought weed from a shop one time, just, just cause I wanted to buy it one time. I actually bought it from, um, pharma from this, uh, guy, Jeremy Plum. He grew it and it was in some living soil. So I just wanted to try his herb. You know? Um, other than that, I've never actually bought herb from a dispensary and, or, you know, I generally don't consume other people's herb either just cause I don't know. I'm kind of weird. I don't, if I don't know who the person is, personally and stuff i i kind of just like I'm, I'm cool with it <laughs> not to be a weirdo i just have that kind of thing i wouldn't even actually put myself in the position actually to probably if i am smoking someone else's herb we're all probably family anyway so i'm you know it's all totally welcomed you know but um for some reason when i don't know for some reason we're all we're smoking my herb all the time you know or the herb that we have which i don't grow Personally, I teach I teach the people to grow it, and these good-hearted, amazing um, individuals just fucking crush. So, and it's a lot of it's because of who they are. You know, um, we've had people in, and 
working with us that are a little more arrogant and don't want to, um, you know, follow the SOPs, meaning give your all in a way that's from the deepest aspects of your heart, you know, um, and it shows. But then you, when we get the ones that are, do do that, you're like, wow, man, fill my jar, bro. <laughs> fill my jar with that herb. You're such a nice guy. I love smoking your weed, bro. <laughs> it's like that, literally, you know. So I don't know, that's just my own experience. Cause for me as a, you know, I can, I can grow it pretty well, <clears throat> but when I was able to teach people to grow it as well as me or better, that was fucking cooler, you know, for me, you know, as a, as a teacher in that it's, it's cooler to um, teach someone to do something and then them do it as good or better than you and you smoking that it's like, has this thing, you know? It's really it's, it's really special you know so for me at least you know I, I i find that thing um and to be able to find people that can do that it's 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 really nice it feels good meaning um gives you uh i mean i'm not really too into hope you know but it does give you some hope you know it's an interesting world out there so you know it doesn't look like it's getting better <laughs> we're trying to go to mars uh, that is the attitude <laughs> That's the attitude we should all have all about sharing the knowledge that we've acquired. Uh, and I've been guilty as well for many years of that, to be honest with you. Use what you've learned as uh, a tool to get ahead. Well, I found that to be in life a, a negative, to be honest with you. As I've gotten older and I look back, I think, man, what a mistake. What a mistake, you know, I could have been teaching what I know. And then I, like you say, uh, learning back and forth. There's that open source of knowledge, you know. There's nothing wrong with somebody taking that idea you've worked hard for and then improving on it and taking it to the next level. Sometimes, you know, we're limited on our perspective, our box. You know what I mean? We can only take things so far and it takes a fresh mind to go, that's good. But if you did this, you know what I mean? You just didn't see it, you know what I mean? And it's that's the way things should move forward from now on. That's kind of the attitude I've taken the last few years. And I wish I would have started in my journey way, way with that attitude. Yeah, it's been really nice, you know, being around a lot of, um, I've, I've always had a lot of younger people in my life, you know, um, either mentoring or friends or whatever, but it's been cool because it's like their perspective's fresh too, you know? We get we get kind of stuck as we get older too, you know? Even if it's good, if it's bad, whatever, if it's in our ways, it's valid, it's all good, but you know, better to be like flow state mind and better to be always willing to change when a more fresh and evolved perspective can help you reach your potential, you know? So, you know, and that, that sometimes happens from youth I, I, with my kid, you know, I'm like, man, just trying to like preserve his purity, you know, and his good heart and all this, you know, let him have a good time, do that thing. And I'll give him the, you know, be strict and give him the tools to succeed too. But um, it's really neat to see that, to see some of my younger friends in their twenties, you know, now late twenties, they were, you know, I met them when they're in their, you know, late teens and then, seeing that that happen or early 20s late 20s 30s and then you know it's like 
it's been really cool to to experience you know and over the years man it's so crazy giving out so much information with this um a lot of times i've felt pretty pretty disheartened too because i've been stolen from you know taken advantage of and it's very interesting you know and the with this plant too the superficialities that come from it you know I, I remember you know i used to follow around this band widespread panic and i followed them around the country and i'd cruise around see other shows and I always had really good herb, you know, and back then we were growing like Trinity and stuff like that, Big Sur Holy, and this Trinity smelled like skunk, burnt rubber, tire, you know, so rank, and it was such a, and you know, back in, you you, you wander up in like Minnesota or something at an Almond Brothers show, and you get down front with that, or, you know, the first Bonnaroo out in Tennessee, you know, like, and you roll down and 85,000 person show down front with the, you know, big hoot of that, you, you it makes you space you know, a lot of space, and then all the chicks are around, and then all the dudes are being cool, you know, versus if you didn't have that, you know, it, it wasn't cool, you know, at all, because you just like squeezed your way up to the front of an 80,000 person show, last, last show, like guitar player from widespread panics playing before he dies of cancer, you know, it's like, you know, you get, so it's like, you see this really interesting thing happen, it's very, to me at those times, sometimes high on acid, whatever. I'm like, man, this is very superficial. You know, didn't seem like anyone liked me a second ago. I pulled out this dank ass weed. Now I'm everyone's best friend. I was like, huh, this is awkward. You know, <laughs> that went from, it went for me a lot like that. <laughs> Cause I'm like, man, you didn't like me before when the, when the half breed rolled up, up in the tight space, I wasn't that cool. <laughs> and then I bust out this weed and everyone's like, what's up, bro? You got a lighter? Here you go, man. <laughs> Anyway, it's uh, been an interesting road with lots of dimensions of my own experience of relating with others while I'm, you know, generally on a multitude of different entheogens, expanding my mind in one way or another and being and trying to just keep it cool and be normal and just like nothing's going on, you know. So it was that was that in its own self created a, a, an experience, you know, um, and it was quite uh quite fun and the plant sometimes you know herb kept me grounded a lot but also then accentuated things to where it gets awkward you know so um if you can utilize all those experiences you know um it's quite beneficial i think you know i found for myself because i used to be a freak you know, and i'm only like kind of a freak you know but when i was younger i wanted to be a youth pastor you know and um then then I turned away from that and, you know, because of, you know, I had a really special experience happen and, um, you know, this Christian reality or whatever, you know, um, you know, if you were to say what happened, oh, you're, you're blessed by the Holy Spirit, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I woke up this morning, I was 17, you know, and I was, went to this revival the night before and <clears throat> this guy, Timothy Sherman, you know, he was a speaker, you know, and he spoke for like three and a half hours, four hours, you know, just like blew my mind. You know, he's talking about, you know, talking to Jesus and the devil high on acid, you know, and I was just like, what? this guy's fucking insane. You know, like he's just like giving us testimony before he like became born again and all that, you know. So anyway, I was just like, Fuck, man. So that morning I woke up and I was all like the next morning, the buzzed up, you know, like all hair standing on end. I was all tingled out. And I was like, told my girlfriend, I was like, hey. Because uh, she was living with me, you know, and even though we we're in, uh, you know, I was, what, what were we, 17? 
my parents' house, you know? But um, so I said, oh man, he's going to call me out tonight and tell me all my spiritual gifts and all this stuff, you know? She's all, yeah, you're fucking crazy, dude. I said, no, I can feel it. You know, it's going to happen, you know? He's going to tell me, you know? Uh, and I was like, because at that time I was like, you know, wanted to be a youth pastor, wanted to be, you know, know what my calling was. It was like a whole thing, you know? Um, so anyway, I um, go and I just keep telling, I was like buzzed up all day, you know, just talking about it. And sure enough, go through the thing. We're at the, we're at the, we're at the revival. And it's like going off. He's talking, you know, three hours go by, you know, and I was just looking down I'm like, oh man, maybe this ain't, maybe I was just tripping, you know, like, and then right when I looked up, he's like, oh, young man, I have something to say to you, you know, come up here, come up here, you know? And I said, oh, fuck yeah. You know, I went up there, there's like three, 400 people there go up there, you know, I'm like, nah, nah, nah. he tells me he's all, oh, you know, tells me all this cool shit, you know, oh, you have the gift of evangelism, prophecy, speaking in the new tongue, speak, uh, you know, uh, being in the spirit of dance, but not in spirituality, but in sensuality, but spirituality, blah, 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 just when all this whole thing, you have the, you know, um, the uh, anointing of John, the revelator, you know, it was crazy at that time, like I read Revelation like a bunch of times, I was like a freak, you know, I was like reading the Bible a lot, you know, so anyway, had this experience happen he's all you really ready to accept holy spirit all this stuff you know i was like oh yeah whatever man i'm like open you know <laughs> i was like i'm not it wasn't like no benny hinn thing where he was like throwing people across the room or nothing you know but it was like so much energy i think you know and i, I don't really know because right you know at this point i don't believe in god you know i believe in something that's way beyond that description you know like way beyond you know so you know i believe that what i felt was a part of that thing that's way beyond the description of anything that can be described on earth you know so you know but um so yeah no this energy came on me kind of like fainted me out a little bit because it was just like i don't know if it was just way beyond like experience of oxytocin and you know endorphin adrenaline reality just like like full i've experienced it on like you know around his holiness the Dalai Lama and these kind of things and stuff like that but like not it's different you know more controlled and more I'm a different human now I think maybe too you know but anyway whatever come happened you know but this I remember my my teacher you know his name is Bill Holloman and he had the whole bible memorized you know so you know it's not a big deal to me now because you know in the Buddhist reality like they memorize 300 page text like no problem you know so it's like you know, and they have to multiple multiples of, you know, all the higher tantras, all the, some of the lower texts, root texts, all these things, they memorized a lot of that stuff, you know? So, but then at that time I was like, wow, man, whole Bible memorized. Also, it's like, he's an honest guy, you know, doing the right thing. He told me, he's all, man, John, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. You know, he's all, you're, you're like falling back and you're about to hit this chair. And he's all, you're falling like a leaf, you know? And you're just like moved right out of the way of it and just like slowly like rest right on the ground. He's always the most insane thing I've ever seen. And I was like, weird, you know? So anyway, fast forward a little bit, go to my church, my other church, you know, that I was like going to and they like start judging me, you know, cause I was like told them cause I was all excited, you know, I got my spiritual calling. I'm like, fucking gonna like got my thing, you know, <laughs> they're like, whatever, you know? Uh, it was it was just very strange i was like you know i'm the bad kid because i just want to have sex with my girlfriend you know and of course we're gonna go to hell for that and all this stuff so i was like man this this don't fit my um fit fit my reality you know where i'm at you know that's my work for everyone these this realm and stuff and that's great you know and i see a lot of awesome benefit because i had this experience that was just like you know gave me like the i, I had to fear death anymore kind of feeling you know 
And so like that being said, it wasn't, um, it wasn't for me, you know? So I was just like, got felt really judged, felt like this. And I just like pulled away, you know, really hard. And then I'm like, oh man, I'm going to change the world still. I'm going to go back to what I wanted to do before. I'll like go into the green berets, like be like best killing machine on earth. Like I'll be the best hero ever, you know? <laughs> so it was like, then I went to that direction. So I started training and, you know, I was already like training a lot of martial arts and these different things, but I was, you know, really starting to set my sight on that. And then, you know, um, didn't, you know, thank goodness. Cause you know, I wanted to go like green beret, Delta, retire be a mercenary like killer just kill bad guys you know like it's like fucking crazy person shit you know um so anyway then um i was in georgia you know and uh this kid gave me a didn't give me a, i bought but he um, gave me a, a 10 strip you know of lsd you know um but it was actually a 30 strip you know but i thought it was a 10 strip because when he gave it to me as a 10 strip but it looked like a fucking wrigley's piece of gum you know it was like big rectangle you know so I just cut like 10 rectangles, you know, I don't know how many, I took like two, I think, or something, you know, or I don't know, two and a half or something, you know, I don't remember. Cause I thought they were just regulars, you know, and I got so lit, you know, um, like really lit, you know? <clears throat> so I was coming down, you know, and when I was coming down, I watched Tim McFarlane spawn, you know, this cartoon, you know, very trippy. And I was like, very tripped out, you know, cause I was like on like fucking six of the acid or something, you know? I don't know. It's like, it was like that, you know, everything was like, you know, it was like fucking trippy. You know? um, so I was watching this cartoon and it's very trippy too. It has like a lot of this weird, it goes red and all this weird, you know, like, you know, trippy cinematography to make you like, you know, make it weird, more trippy, you know, at certain times when it's all getting all intense and it's like that. So I don't know if you know the, know what it is, but it's this guy that's basically, you know, green berets, like special forces, fucking killing machine, you know? Anyway, he gets killed in battle and on his way descending to hell, he sells his soul to this clown faced devil, you know, and just to go back up and see it, it's like a wife and kid, you know, and when he ascends back up, he's like this fucking demon, you know, spawn, you know, and he sees his wife, kid. of course, they're like, wow, you know, <laughs> it's like, but anyway, I was like, holy fuck, you know, that's going to be me. I was like weird epiphany, you know. And, um, you know, because this clown phase that will run the like war machine, tobacco, alcohol, oil, you know, military industrial complex. It was like embedded into all that. And there was all this weird psychological like in, you know, and you know, I was on six hits of acid, too. So it might have been just my head, but like it just felt like that. So I was like, fuck, I ain't gonna be that guy. <laughs> and then I moved to Eugene, you know, and um, started just so happened I come in contact with a friend that had some really good herb and some really dank trinity and fuck i was like what the fuck <laughs> you know and then um a year later started growing you know so that was kind of like the how's it you know long-winded snapshot on my early teen youth all in that process i was kind of a rowdy kid you know rowdy guy it's not like half korean i moved every two years you know so everywhere i went like you know bullies want to fucking see who you were you know so then you had to like fight everybody, you know, till you proved what's up, you know? And so then when I got older, I felt like I was the guy that would like fight with, you know, if anyone wanted to fight one of my friends, I would like, I'd be the guy that fought, you know? And then I bounced at a bar for a while. And anyway, when I was out in Georgia, we got really scrappy out there. We like got multiple, like multi, multi-person bar fights. It sucked, you know? I mean, it was all right, but it was like, it was crazy, you know? So then moving to Oregon, 
you know, even when I first got here, I was still really rowdy, you know, because people would pop off and say weird shit and be really aggressive. And it was just cool. You know, you're supposed to just be aggressive back, but not like knock them out. You know, I didn't know that, you know, so when someone would get in my face, or, you know, push me or get close to me, I just fucking, you know, like knock them out or something, you know, and then that's not looked upon highly here. So I calmed down a lot. And when I started growing weed, it helped me calm down a lot too, you know, because <laughs> you don't want to be the guy knocking people out while you're like growing like a legal grow. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you get nicer anyway. And you realize, you know, what I realized is um, my dad told me once and after I got in a really big fight and it was at the bar because, you know, I was a bouncer there and I got in a fight with three Yugo wrestlers. And so I got this scar on my chin, you know, because I was scrapping with a couple of them and then turned and the heavyweight guy like full on overhand right to the chin, like knocked my whole chin off. You know, it was like my whole bone was hanging out, you know, it almost knocked me out. You know, it was like my fucking these white flashes were happening and all this like sound. Wow, wow, wow. You know, and I was like. I just like fucking switch flipped and I thought I was going to die. So I just like went crazy, you know, just started fucking blasting everyone around me, punching like crazy, you know? Um, anyway, my dad's like, man, one of these days you're going to get into, get into something that you're not going to be able to finish, you know, and that's going to suck. You should start stop while you're ahead. You know, and I realized really, it's like most of these guys that want to start shit with people, they can't really fight. Well, you know, they're bullies, you know, no one stepped up to him, you know, I'm not the biggest guy. I'm like five ten, but I'm built. All right. You know, but, um, usually a lot of guys that wanted to start shit with me are like big guys, you know, six, three, six, two bigger, you know, try to punk you, you know, I'm just not, I'm not cool with that, you know? So I used to get lots of scraps. Now I don't, I'm changed a little bit. <laughs> There's nothing wrong. There's certainly an evolution with life. You know what I mean? I think we're actually meant to go the path where we take for a reason, to be honest with you. And there's a you know, a meant time to where we come into our own. I think there's a there's some lessons that we're just meant to learn throughout life, to be honest with you. Because like I said earlier, man, there's so, so many things I wish I would have learned earlier and then there's i look back and i'll go i probably needed to learn that lesson <laughs> you know as i look back and look at some things so yeah well i, I, I say there's, it, there's definitely a path for sure yeah you know how a lot of people say um oh it's destined you know you're destined to do that's destiny you know well actually like from a buddhist perspective karmically it kind of is to some degree because there's so many conditions that are propelling you and everyone around you and all, you know, even why you like blue, why you do this, why you do that was through all these conditions, you know? So all this conditioning, all these actions, you know, we're going to like the things we like almost like it happened without us even choosing it, you know? So it's like really like where we're going now, it's happening through, there's so many conditions happening that to derail that, it's like, you know, so it's really kind of like, it's gonna, you know, like you're saying, you know, so we all have our, we all have our path, you know, like 
His Holiness says, oh, as long as there's 7.6 billion people on earth, there's that many individual spiritual paths, you know? We all have this like unique experience that's, you know, from our perspective, from my perspective, you know, it's, it's, it's based off our actions, you know? So we have to learn all of our stupidity, you know, like what that, the results of that, you know? Like I drank ayahuasca like 30 sometimes, you know? And some of those times, man, were like heavy, you know? Like, you know, kind of like when you eat too much acid, you know, and you die, you know? It's like, they're like those times, or at least, you know, I've had some of these experiences too, where you, you know, maybe you have the vial, and you share with everybody, but then every time you share, you share with yourself. The next thing you know, you know, you fucked up, you know, can't hear, you know, kind of like not thinking very good, you know, especially because you can't hear and you can only see like 10 feet in front of you because everything else beyond that's like fucking mush fractal world, you know, it's like, you know, it's kind of like, and then you go back to the hotel and you're like, you know, you can't breathe because you're like having an anxiety attack and you just fucking pass out. You know, it's like those type of experiences feel like you're dying, actually, you know, <laughs> like straight, you know, for me, I'm like, oh my God, what you're experiencing, man, I'm going to be nice to my parents. <laughs> Whatever, you know what I mean? It's going through your head. We should have fucking hug my dog one more time. No. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. It's more extreme than that. <laughs> Hopefully, <clears throat> you know, they evolve too, you know, like <clears throat> honey with ayahuasca, the difference of ayahuasca versus LSD for me, man, one's like, LSD is like, you're going to burn in hell, you stupid motherfucker. You know, it's like, you know, it's like all like really gets kind of scary when it's like, you know, getting trippy, trippy. Ayahuasca is like, Oh, you're such a stupid fuck, but oh, you're not gonna do it again. I love you. I'll take care of you. You know, it's like a different type of thing. Just throw it all up. You know, <laughs> it's like a different type of vibe. <laughs> um, for some reason, I don't see like you know scary hell shit on ayahuasca, but on heavy acid, it gets pretty dark sometimes. You know, um, so. And sometimes on heavy acid trips, I've had this like pulling, you know, of like the dark side, you know, like wanting my energy and all that to be on its side. But, you know, I'm fucking not that, you know, but like what I notice is the dark's always like, come on, bro, give you everything you want here. You know, it's like all weird, you know, I mean, this was like years ago. Now my experience is like, not like that. But when I was younger and a little more fucking loony, um, it was like that, you know? So, and then, but then I would always be like, no, you know, I'm on this light side, you know, like, you know, I'm, I'm meaning like, you know, I would have weird narcissistic ego trips back then that if like, you know, I was like carrying the seed for the like chosen one or carrying the seed for the antichrist, you know, like straight, you know, on heavy, like five, six hits of acid too much, you know, it'd be get weird, you know? So I just, sometimes those nights would get really long, you know, <laughs> it would get nice when they would, taper off you know but like seems like um and then it would get very like you know hellish some of them and very weird you know but with ayahuasca it was like just not like that you know much more uh friendly even though it was still a similar type of um you know here this is why all you think and do and act the way you act look at all these conditions that were 
happening. Look at all these actions you made and look at all this results and all the suffering you caused. Do you recognize that shit, man? Because that's like fucked up, you know? And then you're like, oh my God. <laughs> it's like, that's what ayahuasca is like for me, at least it was. But then it gets really beautiful after you like puke a few, like, you know, 20 sometimes, you know, 30 times or whatever. And then you, the experience gets quite nice. And once you start to, um, you know, evolve a little bit, it seems like, you know, it takes a while though, man. The psychedelic path of poison journey ain't no fun one, really. It's fun, but it's not like for a while, it's like pretty hard, you know, pretty heavy. But that's why my first um, teacher, uh, Saidi Tupac, you know, he, um, Armando Munoz, he's actually my friend, um, Jose's father, you know, so we're, we're like brothers that way, you know, spiritual fathers, same father. And, um, you know, but anyway, he's a freak, you know, that guy. <laughs> um, I forgot what I was going to say about him, actually. Ayahuasca or something. I definitely, I think it's uh, crazy the appeal that some that has to some of us to want to open up them uh, doors in our mind. You know, uh, for anybody just looking in to see somebody like doing that and then the puking, the convulsing and everything else would be like, that's a, a horrible idea just to sit there, watch the whole thing go down. Then to have somebody oh, come out of there go, you gotta try this. You have to, you know what I mean? And wanna have that eagerness to open some doors. And I have yet to try the, the DMT, the Alaska, ayahuasca, and I would love to try it. There's a couple of great folks that watch the show that are guiding me to some uh, places that are near me that uh, have that type of uh, uh, trained or uh, guided sessions going. And I think that'd be awesome to, uh, to open up that door, with, to be honest with you. I've experienced, you know, back in my days, quite a bit with LSD back in the days. These days, more just the, the, the mushrooms. But, uh, you know, even at that, man, I've had uh, that the mushrooms itself, to be honest with you, it was like one, two punts between, you know, my love with cannabis cultivation and the mushrooms and then walking into the organics type of thing kind of kind of coincided click 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 you know what i mean but i actually had a, a, a accidental hero, hero stills with some philosopher stones and really man that yeah it was it was something to be honest with you I, i've spoke of it quite a quite a few times what happened to that that night wasn't I didn't see like a vision per se, but it was more like a digital, I would say almost like a download type experience to where everything came like to a revelation of things that were going on around me and some things that were headed my way, you know, and uh, then immediately after that experience, not only did I see uh, these events around me unfolding, and some of it already being true, you know, uh, I started seeing like angel numbers, 
Bucks and a one 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 two 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 very prevalent. And to the fact that, you know, it was like coincidence at first. Uh, and it got to be so like in my face. Uh I couldn't I couldn't turn my head to it anymore. Started into it. And then, you know, it just you know, organics, the microbes, like I said, looking into the soil, things change as well. And, you know, it just, it just keeps evolving. But that, that night with the mushrooms, it was a wet dose from, to a dry dose. And uh, <laughs> it, that's what got me. And it was, it was an incredible night, man. It made me look at myself in a lot of ways. It made me, you know, kind of look at a lot of things. And, you know, it was... A very, I'm, I'm glad it happened. To be honest with you, I felt at looking back, it needed to happen. To be honest with you, and, the, yeah. the heavy trips are the best trips. Some man. Of the things are, yeah. I said the heavy trips are the best trips. That's, you know, it was a good one. That's for sure, man. And it, but it, it did. It, 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 it what happened that night? I, I kid you not. Everything that I sensed that night didn't end up unfolding, to be honest with you. It was crazy. And then as far as the cannabis thing, it was even at that time, I've been doing, I've been in cannabis for a long time, growing this plant. I mean, it's, my story is irrelevant to what's going on now, but it, there's come a point where I kind of went in a direction and told myself, this is what I'm going to do. I'm serious about this. And uh, this is the direction I'm going. And actually at that point, it was like passing seeds, selling seeds, meeting more and more people. I've seen the impact it was having. And I was like, all right, I'm all in. And then life passes. And I seen as life got a little bit cloudy lately uh, i seen the numbers kind of fade a little bit they weren't there as prevalent as they were and then i actually had a like a not quite a bottle but i had to one of those moments where i had to you know get in, take a good look at self do a little you know analyzation of what was in front of me and what was important and where what what roads I should take. And that was a renewing in this project. I told myself again, all in on this thing. And again, as soon as I, I made that commitment with myself, I put it in my mind and in my heart and put it out. The numbers came back. The numbers came back just as prevalent as the, when they first appeared. And it was weird to kind of know that you know, you're on the right path. It's 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 weird how the numbers have worked with me. But you know, I and again, I contributed to that that door being opened through that 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 psychedelic experience, which makes me all the more open to want to you know to see <laughs> what uh, unlocking with some DMT or some ayahuasca could uh, further, you know, uh, expand some uh, spirituality and some knowledge in my life as well. Yeah, man, it's been, um, 
it's been a really interesting path with it, you know, like that's why I, I was getting to earlier, you know, with my first teacher, uh, my friend's father. Um, that's why we started studying Buddhism is because that's I actually met it in, in Peru, you know, that's where I come in contact with it is through him, you know, um, because we utilize this information so we can make sense of the experience, you know, and we have, and to have a solid core foundation of knowledge, psychological understanding and epistemology that really can give us such an amazing framework and tool to restructure our mind after you do eat, you know? Um, Cause for us, you'd say, you know, he's like, man, right now your brain is full of all this information that you don't need. It's like a hard drive that's full and your computer's not working. So you need to delete some files and make some room so you can memorize some stuff. Here's the stuff. And um, that's kind of how it started, you know? Um, one experience uh, <clears throat> there's very, very huge, you know, but there's this at Ollante Tambo ruins and in, um, in the Sacred Valley of Peru, right at the tip, you know, it's where you get the train um, to go to Aguas Calientes where Machu Picchu is, you know. Um, but anyway, <clears throat> there's a sacrificial rock there at Ollante Tambo ruins. It's quite big, you know, I think it's like <clears throat> 12 feet by, you know, 10 feet or something <laughs> cut out for a human body, you know, um, you mold very trippy, you know? Um, so we go in at night, you know, and do some stuff on top, sing some songs, have some San Pedro, you know, like, you know, all kinds of very interesting initiations happen that night. You know, you drink San Pedro off of the Puma head, off the 400 ton rock, you know, on top of the ruin, you know, after you're there doing ceremony for a while, then you go down to the sacrificial rock and then you, you, you get on the mold and he, he loads you like the, the salvia pipe of what he did when he is like five time, 10 time, five time, 10 time extract on some salvia leaf, like the sandwich stack of five time extract, 10 time extract. And so you're in this mold, right? You know, and you, it's in the middle of the night, you know, it's like epic because ruins like hundreds of feet of terraces, you know, it's like insane, you know, it's insane, you know? So anyway, get in there and, you know, you're ready to take salvia, you know, and salvia is kind of intense, you know, it's not the, um, you know, it's not very, I don't know if you've done that one, but it's not very, um, you know, People say DMT is intense. I think salvia is more intense. <laughs> but at least DMT is pretty, you know. <laughs> For me, salvia is like, wow, holy shit. Um, so anyway, at least there, you know. So get there and take the pipe. He's there. You know, he's got two pipes loaded or like ready to load the one, you know, like boom, 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 boom. So you take the hit. And when you exhale, you don't take in oxygen. You just take the hit again, you know. So you do that. Boom, exhale exhale until you're like passing out you know and he's like following you with the pipe in your mouth you know and you know umberto's like resting your head down he's like oh boom and you like are out you know and that experience was like i don't know man that was on another level one for me you know that makes all the other experiences kind of mellow you know um but uh you know, it'd be like the voidness, you know, all the space in between all matter became aware, right? You know, but there's no conscious entanglement of John anymore, you know? So it was very trippy, you know? It like felt like a black, black near attainment or something, you know? It was like a meaning like just the voidness became conscious, you know? But then there was no matter, you know? And that was interesting, you know? And then once 
I started to reformulate, say, you know, it was like this the movie, the, the fifth element, you know, when um, they had the alien arm in the case and they sprayed, um, the, they made the woman, you know, and um, it just like, it felt like I was being created into a mold, you know, again. And once my, there was enough cellular coagulation that happened and my consciousness became entangled with my body again, it was, it was like, it was very trippy, you know, it was much grander and deeper than that, but like, it's very strange, you know, and, and very like beyond you, you know? And so, <clears throat> you know, um, coming back, I remember, you know, you know, I see a space start to particle particleize, you know, and like come to the, where I can see it. And then he tells me, he's all, Oh man, you just been defragmented. He's all just relax. So you come back, don't want to come back all weird. You know, he says, you know, so I was just like, oh man. And I'd already lifted my back off the rock, you know, because there's a little rock. There's a rock there in your back, you know. And I thought I was thinking, oh man, I hope I didn't fuck my spine up, you know. <laughs> just like, you know, weird, you know. But anyway, that experience is quite big, you know. And so then the next I was down there six months later on the solstice, you know, too. And, I was getting ready to smoke it again on the rock. Same thing. You know, I get up and he's all like, man, you want to do this again? I said, Oh no, I thought I had to. He's all like, Oh no, bro. You don't have to. I only done it once here. He's all, what'd you experience? You know, I told him what I experienced, what I, you know, my things. Oh no, you fully got the point, bro. It's all good. Cause there's a lot of other stuff that I like, can't talk about obviously, but I just gave the um, snapshot uh, non-psychological analysis version, you know, <laughs> <laughs> the like slingshot version, pew, you know, <laughs> instead. But anyway, that experience was like, like, I'm good if I don't do salvia ever again, you know, because like, it's quite an experience, you know, that at least there on that rock. I mean, I've done it out. I've done it since then. I just haven't done it like that, you know, meaning with that whole thing, like on the Oracle, you know, like plugged into the thing. <laughs> in the tip of the sacred valley of peru you know it's like if you've been there it's like oh it's such a thing there you know so it's like on another level you know really cool place really cool um energy and and we have it really good there because you know we've paid our dues there we've hiked to the top of a lot of the mountains and put our blood sweat and tears all over that place you know with the family and really gave our all to the family there and to where we're family there you know so it's um now it's a different experience. We usually, when we go there, we go surf, you know, <laughs> instead of go like bust our balls up there, you know, we'll go to the mountains this, this time when we go too, but um, mainly it'll probably be to surf because, you know, my brother has a spot right at some amazing waves. So get conditioned. I, I broke my back last year. So um, I haven't been, I didn't surf all winter um, actually. So I, uh, I just snowboarded. So that's why I've been snowboarding a lot because uh, um, yeah broke my back pretty bad last year. So um, now I'm going to go back down to Peru and recondition down there, surf for a little bit after finish some work and some jobs over this next month or so. How the heck did you break your back? Oh, climbing. I fell and there's a malfunction with the Grigory and, you know, something happened, fucking hand jammed it, not my hand, my climbing partner's hand and fucking zipped me to the ground, broke my back. I felt like 30 feet. Smash my back. Spinal. 
literally um i broke my uh, spinous process of my t1 2 3 and 4 completely crushed them you know flat they obliterated and then uh, my t1 vertebra compass fractured i broke two ribs but i um had a back weird disc that was hurting you know for for like a year and that fall fixed that so that was interesting that stopped hurting instantly the rest of the shit fucking exploded uh-huh. <laughs> So, um, yeah, I just went back to that spot the other day. Actually, I was um, snowboarding and squaw with my kid. We were just hitting a park and shit. And then afternoon, we went back to Lover's Leap and I grabbed a big fucking chunk of the rock, you know, that I landed and broke in half because I broke in half this slab, this granite slab when I landed. It was trippy, man. So I'm lucky to be live, but it's sick, you know. It was interesting. You sound like you've lived a pretty amazing life, to be honest with you. I love the aspect that uh, you're kind of constantly pushing the edge. It seems like you, I think you could be described as a little bit of an adrenaline junkie. Is that not correct? I would think a, a little bit of a correct description for you. I don't know about a junkie, but yeah, no, it's like there's this thing that happens when you're, um, you know experiencing a high level activity and a flow state you know and then when you put that with adrenaline you know because it's like for me my when it takes a lot for my adrenaline to flow you know so it does you know like there's some things when i were at you know hitting some hitting some stuff at mammoth you know hitting some stuff at mount baker for sure you know mount baker's sketchy you know it's sick it's like you can die there instantly you know because it's like everywhere that's sick you have to cross the ropes to get to and all the ropes say oh you go here you can die you know cliffs danger blah and there's like 200 300 foot cliffs everywhere (laughs) fucking 100 foot cliffs shoots everywhere it's fucking gnarly you know so um so yeah that gets it going too you know but you know more it's like the flow state that you're going for you know because they say that if you experience high level like anything in flow state supposed to advance the um neurogenesis and advance the state of perception and awareness of mind by like certain percentage you know i don't know the exact number so i'm not going to shoot it off like i do um but you can see it you know because if you can make your body work in all those conditions at high speed high intensity high muscle tension high awareness of like mind function you know and then that advances right so then and then that's like a workout and if you can do that in a flow state then um that's more what i'm i'm kind I know, of a, i know that that feeling that you're referring to so that feeling's the kind of the thing maybe junkie was a wrong term no junkies i mean it's good too you know i'm definitely a junkie for it you know <laughs> but it's like it's well, like you know, I, I say that because it seems like you're you you're you keep pushing it and you know it's you know you, you it's a daily thing so i guess you know with that being said you know yes yeah maybe not but i know that state that you're talking about when you can hit that that moment you know what i mean when it's when everything seems to stop when you're kind of can in control of the moment you know and almost seems paused uh the surreal moment and 
that's if you can hit that that moment it is amazing like you can control everything and you know in that second it's it's yeah that, time you know, time I, dissolved you know there is no time there you know it's only what's happening so if you can dissolve time just by being in this certain state of awareness that's fucking sick you know It is, and yeah, I appreciate the fact that you, you're striving to keep yourself in that, you know, close to that state, I should say. You know what I mean? It's, it's a good place to be or try to be in, you know? Uh, I appreciate it, for sure. Makes me feel lazy. <laughs> Makes me feel I'm, a little I'm, lazy. I'm lazy too, bro. <laughs> but, um, you know. That's for sure. We all try to, we all do what we do and try to do what we do, but you know, it's, there's a lot of conditions, you know, it's like everything I try to do, I try to do with my all, you know, cause I'm like, kind of got like, you know, I'm not OCD, but you know what I mean? I'm very, you know, <laughs> it's like that. You know, people are like that. Everyone has their own style and their own thing, you know? Um, and, and that's the beauty, you know? Um, some things I don't like about this kind of thing. I'm really intense, man. Like people like, people think I'm being a freak when I'm just like being a happy guy, you know, just cause I get all intense, you know, <laughs> I'm like, just like psyched about it, but where I am in being intense, but I'm not being like angry. You know, I just have a lot of energy and a lot of power. So that comes off in certain ways when it's perceived like this or like that, when actually it's none of that, you know? You know, another thing I think to be said about, you know, that state or, you know, the way you live life is, you know, uh, when you push yourself into that state, <clears throat> I think it is, it's an actual way of uh, keeping you young, to be honest with you, the fountain of youth. When you're putting, pushing yourself into that state, and the, you know, it's kind of a uh, rejuvenation on the downside you push your body to the max and now there's that healing that the rebirth in your body and i think you know that is what kind of keeps you young you know keeps you moving forward uh, just that constant rejuvenation of your body uh, getting uh, killing off the old <laughs> and you know rebirth of the new in the recovery state uh I think, yeah, we'll keep you young for a, a long time, to be honest with you. And that's key. I think that feeling young, that recovery time, that rejuvenation, ah, man, I'm sore, but I feel good. I think that's what, in the long run, will keep us young and healthy. Yeah. For sure, man. For sure. I feel I've been feeling old this year, man, but I've been feeling young too. Cause I'm riding around the kid. I taught my kid to snowboard and he's like, he's doing really good, man. So I'm psyched. We've been hitting the park and stuff. And, um, Oh yeah. A joint and split a beer or something. Split one or something. Um, yeah, no, it's really, it was really cool. Cause he's hitting all the jumps, you know? So I'm hitting the jumps. And like, so it's been kind of fun. I'm feeling kind of young, except my knees. My knees don't feel young. I had like knee surgery in December because I had a meniscus that was like ripped from surfing for like three years, you know, and it would fucking come out 
and I would have to do this weird thing with my knee and open my knee joint so the meniscus would pop in and like that sucked because it was kind of fucking my sleep at the end there and you know imagine surfing you know you like take it on a wave or something and you're like your your meniscus pops out and you can't swim you can't use that right leg you know so you underwater you have to like do this thing with your knee and open your knee socket and then it works then you can swim it's like fucking weird you know um so <clears throat> this year i got tuned up you know fucking smash my back get my knee surgery and then, so now i rehabilitated with snowboarding and because it's quite easy you know easy board sport to, versus surfing and stuff like that consequences are a little on the little more minor no sharks you know don't drown you know <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> but you can send it off a cliff or something you know but <laughs> i guess funny this this time at man really it was really like deep powder we were having a good one and Fuck, I almost like went off a cliff, funk, <laughs> like right off the side, you know, I just stood there, you know, it was like, it was gnarly, sat there, my buddy pulled me back, you know, it was sketch, you know, it's good to have a partner, you know, especially when you can count on. Yeah, it sounds like uh, you're doing, you're living a good life over there, to be honest with you, and, you know, it, again, it gives me encouragement. You know, a lot of people with injuries like that. I'm, you know, I'm 49. Most people are You're 49. my age. Sick. You, you yeah. look good for 49, yeah. bro. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I, I guarantee I'd look a lot better if I was living the life that you were doing. I try to stay active, but I know. You might, you know, you might, have, I might have a sunburn. We have to use some sunscreen, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, this is a perfect, this is, this is the perfect lifestyle or look for your kind of lifestyle. That's why right, I have it. You wake up and go, man. Like my kid was like, dad, your hair's getting kind of long. I was like, oh, I know I need to shave it. I've been lazy. <laughs> it's the tech, you know, except you get sunburned a little bit, but whatever, you know, get tan. I don't, you don't look like you get much tan, you know? <laughs> I'm just getting back out into this, you know, sun. It's shit. Uh, Michigan winters up here where I'm at. I'm in I'm Michigan, a little northern. Yeah. And usually it's a blessing. This is some redness I wouldn't normally see for uh, like another month at least. Hey, you get I saw it like a, sun. Oh, man, we, this is the first year since I've come up here that I've actually seen the ground this early. To be honest with wow. you, usually it snows in like October, and I don't see the ground until May. There's sometimes the we're still up. getting snow. No, I'm still getting snow really? in April. Wow. Yeah. My yeah. goodness, that's a lot of. That's kind of cool though. At least it's not wet. It it's cool, but it's not cool, man. I'm in I'm in the <laughs> middle of the woods too. So it doesn't help anything. So like, there's, I'm serious, man. Summertime, like night travel, it's not that bad. You know, it's nice night. Yeah, you break down. Yeah, I could use a while. You know, it's it's a half hour, forty five minutes from anything. You know what I mean? There's sections where you pass this gas station. 
you've got a half hour before you see anything else and then there's nothing but trees and crickets in every direction so like in the winter time when it's cold and slippery and the sun's going down about five o'clock you know you're like yeah I don't need nothing. I can wait till tomorrow. I'll get up early and make, you know what I mean? So there's times where you don't leave that often during the winter. And it's sounds uh, awesome. When weather breaks, yeah, I'm ready to I'm ready to go some panic events, shake some hands. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> For real, get some hugs. <laughs> You're like, dude, what's up? <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, man. So, uh, what strains are you uh, cultivating currently? Well, I just did a bunch of um, pheno hunting. Well, not not really pheno hunting, more testing, but um, I reversed the Skywalker OG and then put that by some stuff and then the like the Luke Skywalker by Piscotti, there's like four phenos of that that are all fucking insane. Um, this Sale Hayden um, that I just did, it's uh, the Putang by Hazy Kushfam. That's epic, like epic, you know? Um, what else? Some Hazy Girl Fam, epic. Like they turned out really good. I think even better than the original one. So I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know if that's normal, but that's life i guess um what else um some skywalker by gmo those turned out really good hazy kush by golden turned out yeah a lot of those turned out all really good i'm pretty psyched on this whole little run i did i did basically the skywalker og by a bunch of the um, stuff i have that i wanted to i just did it for myself like an in-house breeding project you know that i'm going to try to find some you know find some really desirable stuff that's unique and that nobody has you know so um this the biscotti crosses are really nice there's four of those two green ones and two purple ones and they're they're that are that are nice i mean they're, they're all were nice but those are the ones that are standouts um one uh, skywalker by gmo cross is looking really bomb like really really bomb the skywalker by tenzins are both looking awesome so we're pretty psyched on all those you know really psyched actually um yeah this purple hindu kush is like on another level like pretty much like the best strain i got right now i think i don't know i really like it a lot that and some og and some hazy kush i think i'd be just all set you know literally so it's really really good purple like orange me kind of cookie but gas like fuel very trippy it's very good strain I got it from Mr. Bob Hampill. He's a fucking G. Thank you so much. Love this train. But yeah, it's sick, you know. It's fucking good. So yeah, that's kind of what I've been rocking, you know. I've been liking. Um, excited about a lot of that stuff. Got a lot of this new hype stuff too. Excited to get rolling with some of that, you know. But I don't know, man. So much stuff. So many strains, so much good herbs, so much things like personal choice. What's what sucks? I'm like, what I like to smoke. I'm I'm I like a lot of the fuels. I like the chem stuff. I like OGs. I like hazes. Um, 
but like my, my friend's like man that's so 90s bro give it the times you know i'm just like what? oh man um so you know i have a uh, this uh la kush cake that i really like a lot it's really nice this cut super dank um super good yeah so, how about you uh, there i asked they're in the well, i've got a bunch of stuff going mainly uh some testers and I'm, I'm right there with you i don't necessarily like to grow the hype either i like to be the one that might show up everybody's like what's this you know what i mean this is and uh, i mean i i prefer that to be honest with you uh they're asking in chat uh i want to make sure and get it right uh, about the golden pineapple thing yeah uh, jack greenstock says can you please ask him about the golden pineapple string he made uh that would put me in the flow state <laughs> so you want to talk about the golden pineapple a little bit yeah i i mean the golden pineapple is a really nice strain and smell and taste and high of it's like it's like that it's, it's been a, like a favorite for a long time for a lot of people um so i got the cut from um instagram handle shag glass and uh, I didn't get it from him. I got it from someone he knows, but he brought it to Eugene. And this was, I don't know how many years ago it was now, maybe 18 years ago now. It's been a minute, you know? Um, so we didn't know what it was, you know? It was just, we got it as pineapple. And the kids that gave it to us, um, you know, they they weren't really like, it wasn't, I don't know. It didn't seem like that they were um, having much luck with it. I don't really know what the story was, but we got it. And first run, it was like, bang, we we're like, psych, you know, it was pretty dank, produced a lot, really epic high, smelled like epic, you know. Um, but uh, that being said, um, crossed a lot of stuff to it. That made the hazy kush. Um, we don't really know the genetics of it, you know, but um, what we're thinking it is, is it's um, either, you know, what I thought it was. The reason I named it Golden Pineapple is because I got it. I got it as pineapple. Um, I looked in the can of Bible and it had the golden pineapple in there and it, the picture they had in there, like kind of matched the trichome look. Um, and the description was exactly the same. So I was like, oh, maybe it's a strain, you know, from Wally Duck. Um, and then later, you know, I was uh, my friend, um, Mike, Mike, he uh, was with uh, Mr. Soul, Brother Grimm. Um, he's saying, oh, maybe it's a really, uh, maybe it's one of the like dank Cindy 99 cuts, you know, or, or maybe it's, it, maybe it is the white widow by Cindy 99, you know, cause, uh, that's what the, there, there's that going around too, that it's that, you know? Um, but I don't really know. Cause when we do the tests at Phylos, it doesn't tag up as white widow anywhere. It doesn't connect to white widow anywhere. So, you know, you know how that goes with a strain like white widow, like it's like, you know, you never know that one, you know? Um, cause I don't know someone that's created or has the cut or it's like that, you know, I haven't seen that really yet personally, you know, um, it was, it rolled around Eugene for that, that white widow cut for a little while. And it was really dank. It was like a more bracked out type rack looking like train wreck looking plant, but it was like, it was pretty epic, you know, but I haven't, I haven't seen it since then. Not in the way and the white widow that I saw that like was going around here was looked totally different. So maybe it's, maybe I saw the wrong thing or whatever. I don't really know. Um, that either way though, I, um, 
I, I just reverse the gold and I have a bunch of pollen that I'm going to put back by itself. And I'm going to get those into testing. So I'll have that. Um, and also I um, have the hazy that I put back by the pollen, um, put back by the golden and with them, you know, so there, I think there was like seven or eight of those they are going to be getting done soon. And they're really, really nice. Um, so yeah, there's, they're, they're in testing right now. They're going to be available. I have a hazy kush by golden, a hazy kush by a hazy kush. So pretty psyched on that stuff. And it turned out really well. Sounds amazing. Uh, John in chat would like, uh, is asking if you could talk about your projects in India providing water to the community. Oh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> um, I first went there to Budgaya in 2000, at the end of 2011, 2012, His Holiness the Dalai Lama was given a Kala Chakra initiation there. So I went there for that. Um, I met my two friends there then that are helping me with this project, um, Santosh and Bukhar. So they, they, um, they approached me then and we just became friends and we have been friends since. And, you know, I'm just, I've been talking to them about, you know, trying to do a project there. They, uh, want me to help help them with certain things but i'm like nah, i'll help you with like do a project for the community figure something out to where we can help you know and do something cool you know and um you know this just came about you know it's been we, we know each other for about 10 years now almost 10 years so you know there's a lot of trust a lot you know every time i go to the boat guy i will hang out with them i do all my duties and do what I have to do with, um, you know, with the teachings or with, you know, the venerables or with my friends or whatever. And then, you know, later we'll, I'll cruise around with them. We'll go do whatever, you know? Um, so anyway, there's a lot of trust there and everything. So they approached me with this project said, Hey, well, we should maybe do a well, you know, we, there was this one person that did one of these wells in this village and this village is stoked, you know? They're really, they're really, they were making them really happy, blah, blah, blah. So I said, yeah, let's do one, you know? So I said, give me all the, the sheet, how much um, everything costs, all the, the, you know, like what all the parts, what the labor, whatever that, you know, the whole bill, you know, and tell me how much it costs. Let me see it, you know? And then when you, once you do all that, you gave me, and then, then I'll send you the money and we'll do one up, you know? But you show me every step, you know, like video. Hey, man, here's where the well is going. Hey, John, it's the village where it's going. Do all the thing, you know. And so they did step by step by step by step by step, you know. And and it went to completion. It was, it was really, really easy, you know, 700 bucks, you know. And hopefully they, you know, get something out of it or whatever. I don't really know. You know, they just gave me the cost. I did the calculation. Everyone's like happy. They seem to be psyched um they're psyched on helping you know that's really like they're just stoked you know um doesn't take much to survive in india and so when you know like i've had other people help them with giving them like you know little offerings on the side and stuff so it's like it's it's going really good you know um so they're just finding all the villages around Budgaya. there's lots of poor villages because bahar state in in india is very poor you know one of the poorest in india so, you know, these people don't have 
clean water. It's, 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 it's heavy, you know, like people don't understand here, you know, it's like, it's pretty chill here. Um, there is like, fuck man, it's like tough, you know, tough. Even if you got money, it's tough, you know? So if you don't have money, it's like tough, tough, you know, um, it's hard, you know? So anyway, $700 gets us done. Now we've done 13. Um, I have about 14, 14, 15 people in line to do um, waiting, you know, their turn to do, to do another well. So it's, it's, it's been sick, you know, people are psyched. Our, our goal is to do 34 because His Holiness the Dalai Lama has given uh, 34 Kala Chakra initiations. The last one was in Bodh Gaya. Um, you know, I just have my things with numbers too, you know, all the numbers you saw, all this stuff you said, I, it's all day for me, you know, like, so but anyway, with these, uh, with, I was first going to do 21, you know, cause uh, there's 21 Taras, you know, and I'm, I'm like, Oh, we'll do 21. And I'm like, Oh no, we we'll do 34. Cause 21 is going to happen pretty quick, you know, <laughs> cause we already got that past that, you know, so in the sense of the funding, you know, so, um, it's just something that me and my two friends are doing people, people Venmo, Venmo me the money. Um, and then I just Western union them, the money. I pay all the fees, you know, and whatever. And if, you know, some people have been just get donating like, you know, hundred bucks, 50 bucks. I'm compiling all those to do well, you know, I'll like come in and I'll pitch in extra on a well. If someone's like wants to do one and, you know, you know, maybe they don't have, they only have 600 bucks. I only have 500 bucks. I'll put two in there. I'll bring two from somewhere else and just like making them happen. You know, it's fucking sick. You know, it's really cool, you know, because, just because it's cool, you know, <laughs> it's like, well, you obviously water. It's like, what? I mean, have that. I mean, like, if you've been there, man, it's like gnarly, dude. Like the lotus ponds and the ponds around there. It's just like all like sus, you know, it's gross. Pretty, pretty damn awesome, man. That is, man. Just all around awesome. I'm glad to see that there's people out there that still got a heart doing some crazy stuff like that. Yeah, and I was a you know, at some point, I think COVID was here to send uh, Haiti. I don't want to talk no more than the word, but I think, you know, I, I think it was here to kind of put us in check. You know, I think everybody was were at one point were scrambling off into their own directions. And even in the beginning of this, it was disheartening to see how things were going but i think things are coming back it made humanity in general put you know check themselves a little bit on how we should interact with one another and you know uh especially during these hard times but it's awesome to see that you and other people have got a good heart to you know go help others you know Water's a basic need. When we take for granted you know, our life here and here, you know, people, there's still places out there, communities that don't at least have a well. It's still kind of, it's mind blowing. You know what I mean? I think a lot of us don't even consider the fact that this, the life road is still. For sure, man. That's for sure. Um, it's heavy out there man if everyone like you know could come together and doesn't matter what you think or your belief systems all that but like the basic needs of humanity you know we should all come together for that you know like what the hell's wrong with people you know it's like it's crazy you know you got people like musk or like bezos or something you know like gates they could change the world for the better you know 
like in a way that's like just make it super cool you know instantly you know instead you like go to mars you know like really you're trying to block out the sun you fucking moron you know like what is wrong with these people you know it's like on another fucking level of idiotic you know it's like so stupid some of this these ideas you know in my opinion that's just my perspective you know i'm like man we've got this cool planet here you know let's put all our resources and make it awesome and helping everyone on it and then it'll be cool you know and they're like no let's spend all the money go to mars you know fuck man i saw total recall that movie sucked you know i don't want to live in that movie you know i was like shit you know i was like so is there is there any place that somebody wanted to donate to the cause you know because it is a pretty awesome cause you know is there a place that they could reach out and donate to yeah just to help you I'll, out they just hit the dm on instagram you know green Bodie, and say hey i'd like to support and then i'll shoot them my venmo and you know, basically, I just been having people put in their hashtag waters life, you know, well, uh, wells for villagers. And then I just all that's my that's my uh, timeline list of who's next. You know, I have some people that have put in on um, on PayPal, too. So I, I have them interjected in there, you know, but like that's 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 how um, that's how sophisticated I am with it. <laughs> Uh, some red people. pill and check. Well, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. I don't. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, I was going to say, uh, red pill and Chet wanted to say, can uh, can you ask him about trendy? Where did it go? It used to be a classic. Where I'm at, haven't seen it since uh, eight. And I would like to see something that's got them skunky burnt rubber turbs too. Is it something that's still around? Um, I mean, the, I got the Trinity back a while ago, I don't know, eight years ago, and it wasn't the same one, I didn't think, personally. Um, the one that was back before was really, really nice, really good, but I don't know, you know. The one that I had again, I didn't really like so much, so I don't, and then I wasn't sure if it was the right one or if it was just that what I had then and my perspective was smaller than what it is now. So maybe it, you know, it wasn't as awesome now as it is, was then, you know, but I don't really know, you know, I, I really liked it back in the day. It was a classic, you know, super classic. But um, the one that I got, you know, and like I let it go again too because I just didn't like it. Um, it, 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 it was, it had, a, it had, it had everything. Had the smell, had the look, but for some reason, just didn't work the same for me, and I wasn't as attracted to it. So I didn't like, I wasn't attached to it the same. You know, it wasn't. It was, a, it was like testing at about 18, 17, 18 percent. It wasn't quite as skunky, and it wasn't quite as like grease tire. You know. So then I was like, so I don't really know where it's at now. I'm sure it's around Eugene though here, you know, it's, it's around for sure. That cut is not the real one. <laughs> uh, uh, 
Chad Westport in chat. Lots of respect to you, Chad. Would like to know uh, your top three SOPs if you'd like to share. SOPs like Grotex? I believe that's what he's talking about. Oh. <laughs> um, I've been using this uh, gypsum and lagmanite instead of like, uh, you know, Calmag and stuff. That's nice. It's dry powder, you know, milliliter a gallon, half milliliter a gallon. That's a good um, alternative to your bottled Calmag stuff. And the Lagmanite is, I think that's how you sound fucking no, It's like zero, zero, or I don't know what the number is, but the, the potassium number is like 26 or something, you know? So it, it's a nice, um, if you don't want to use Cal or if you want to alternate, it's kind of cool. Um, EM, EM's huge, Terraganics, at Terraganics on, um, Instagram, EM Mother Culture, it's fucking amazing, you can drink it too, the pro EM one, you can get it, it's like amazing probiotic, so, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just giving you little, like, little pieces, I'm not giving you, like, SOPs or anything, <laughs> it's like, you know, but. Um, I can give you little things that change your life or your growing thing like I, I just did, you know. Um, the EM's on another level. I think everyone should use it because it's amazing, you know. You can, like, drop a lot of this, like, expensive bullshit, you know. Really, you know. And just use that, you know. If you use hygrozyme, if you use, like, mammoth, if you use um, any of those, like, microbial, anything like that, you know. You could just, like, and just use this. That's just my perspective. Um, so, if you need a if you need a hook on that, or you need any info on that, hit me up. You know, it's all that. It's all that. Like on Instagram, it's um, easy. I'm I'm still a real person that answers the DMs, unless you're a jerk, and then I just block you, or you know, whatever. I'm really I'm really quick to block you. <laughs> If you're I, I was grateful that you, you responded to my DMs as quickly as you did. I was very grateful. And even hearing that, I'm grateful I wasn't the one of the blocks. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that with the lead-in. Fucking talking shit, block. <laughs> There's a couple... Of couple um a couple funny uh handles that i uh that i the one of them is like fuck you something i was like he hit me up with the dm and it just said fuck you on there i was like that is so funny bro <laughs> I, I had to but like no like literally some people get in the dm man they get all like emotional and get all weird you know and tell you tell me how fucking stupid and how like i'm all this and that you know just fyi you know like I'm not into politics, you know, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. I think politicians are, for the most part, except, you know, Senator Przansky here, here and some guys here in Oregon, they're a bunch of puppets like sold, you know, fully for whatever they're getting sold for, you know. And so it's like, but I like to poke, poke my finger at it all because I think it's a big giant soup of shit, you know. Um, and that's just, you know, someone hit up the DM today. Oh, man fucking politics blah, blah 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 i was like no man i, I don't I, i'm saying because i think they all suck you know 
oh, really? Oh, yeah, no, they all suck. You know, Trump sucked. Biden sucks. They all suck, you know. You know why? Because they're paid to the highest bidder kind of suck, you know. Um, that's just my perspective, you know. Um, I Whatever, so. I think it's funny when people get triggered by like stories, you know, on the DM. <laughs> you need to stories just to be funny, you know. I'm like, uh, everyone's like, uh, uh. <laughs> you're like, wow. <laughs> Must be trippy to jump into someone's DM to tell them, tell them how like how irritated you are, you know. That must be, that must be an interesting type of mind, you know. <laughs> Some people I say it's the selfish yeah. abuse. It really, it's trippy. You know, I have to tell people. I was like, "Hey, bro, you're 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 following me, and you came into my DM upset. You know, meaning you came into another man's DM that you're following, and then you wanted to be rude to that person. It's like." <laughs> hello <laughs> interesting so so it's really interesting with this kind of like separation do you know what i mean most people back in the you know how it was like when we were younger nobody was being rude to anybody man because it was a fight like just how it goes you know it wasn't like no big deal did you fight you know why are you looking at me that long we're fighting you know <laughs> it was like i mean i remember it was like that at one time <laughs> that sucked <laughs> <laughs> that sucked you know <laughs> but it was that was life <laughs> things have, things have changed in a lot of weird ways what is uh, acceptable these days what people can say to each other without you know triggering them and what little can be said in some instances and still even make even bigger waves and at some point uh well, I mean, it's if, crazy if, if there was talk of Dr. Seuss being canceled, whatever the fuck being canceled means, you know, like that is stupid, you know, and also like Sesame Street. Oh, now that's offensive. Stupid. You know, that is stupid. I never heard something so stupid. You know, I never heard anything more inclusive than Sesame Street. Personally, you know, like I thought everything was cool and allowed in sesame street you know that's what i got out of it my whole life but <laughs> you know even the garbage guy living in the fucking dumpster and that was grouchy asshole was cool still you know so it's like huh offensive now huh oh interesting you guys are stupid you know that's what's up stupid you know like Eminem, I think he canceled cancel culture, didn't he? With this video, you know, he did this cartoon video, really offensive, like cancel culture video. I think that canceled cancel culture, didn't it? <laughs> Done by Eminem. <laughs> I had to keep up on some of that shit, to be honest with you. And some of that shit just makes me feel old, to be honest with you. I have to, like, the Eminem thing, I had to, like, stop. I got. Three kids, 25, 21, 17. I, I was talking about Eminem. They're like, they went off on me. I'm like, what happened? Fill me in. Why is, why should I be hating Eminem? What, what's going on? What, I mean, what, really? You know, I, it's, I, I, some of that shit just blows my mind. 
really does that how quickly it can happen and other people jump on it. It's like, wow. wow. Well, they pre- really? They pre- There's they pre- all this other shit going on and this is what you guys have focused on. You know what I mean? We can't collectively put this energy into, you know, something good, solving some problems. Uh, yeah. that, that, okay, yeah. We must be bored or we've solved all humanity's problems or something that we have to be like take all this energy and just pile it on oh it's weird it's weird it is man it's crazy you know it's like really like we all want to get along is what's crazy you know but not all but like most people they they want to be like happy they want to get along with others they want to like be included that's like the reality you know but also, the human has this weird mentality that they have this like mob mentality that, you know, that it's like once it starts going, it starts going, everyone gets all involved. It's like it's, it has its mind of its own almost, you know, I mean, they 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 manipulated like the entire consumerism reality in the 30s, you know, like they, with um, I forgot the psychologist's name. Um, but anyway, uh, working with the government and they basically analyze riot mentality and mom mentality and they said oh humans work off fear and desire so we'll start marketing to that and they use propaganda mentality and marketing to market towards that with with fear and desire instead of practicality and logic these kind of things you know so then it's like oh you'll need your ford truck because you'll get all these women and your neighbor will be jealous and envious you know whatever instead of like oh you'll get more work done you'll save money with this truck you know get better gas mileage you know it's like it's not how they're selling it anymore, you know? It's like, oh, you're going to be cool, man, if you drink this beer. We're going to be cool if you smoke this cig. You're going to be cool if you do this thing, you know? You know, so it's like, you can see what it did <laughs> to humanity, you know? The whole thing's broken, you know? But it's okay, you know? Because no matter how broken anything is, you know, people can still help others, you know, and still do the thing, you know? Instead, like it's only that says, oh, you know, with 100, within 100 years, a lot of the earth is going to be like a desert is what a lot of the high level scientists are actually saying, you know. Um, so we should all be nice to each other because it's going to be difficult, you know. It's very simple, you know, really easy, but it's actually hard because the human condition is quite self-centered, you know. We all are, you know. Not all of us, but I am. So I assume if I am, most most other people are too, because I'm like a normal person. So, um, meaning, you know, I help others, but still, I, I want to help myself. I like to go snowboarding. That's a self centered thing, you know. I can help my kid with it, but my kid's like a little mini me. So, you know, it's like helping myself too. You know, so then it's like, oh shit, I better help others outside. So that's why with the herb, you know, it's like all the herb that you cultivate you can if you entangle it with the proper intention everyone has that nice experience of peace of mind then everything comes full circle you know um and and that's a powerful tool that we can do that with you know food experience all these different things you know so thanks yeah i'm drinking these uh all these these fruity beers you know i drink a little mini glass have like one or two of these they're like these little slushy beers they've been pretty nice man 
Oh, that's good. What is it? Oh, wow. That's one from Hans. Hans Grolo. Dank, buddy. That's sick. Good. I don't know which one it is, but it's fucking good. Oh, the Great Notion one. Oh, yeah. Yummy. Yummy. <laughs> my, um, my new uh, grower up in Portland. I have a rec row there. And he's really nice and does a really good job. Him and my other grower there, Bodhi. His name's Bodhi. It's funny. Um, my son named Bodhi, my grower named Bodhi. <clears throat> I didn't name my grower. His parents did. But <laughs> just a little coincidence, though. Um, <clears throat> his parents must have been hippies or something. Uh, but um, anyway. They're crushing it. They both have like best heart and fucking best attitude. Really cool. Doing a great job. Listen well. They're learning well and they're doing what, you know, I'm sharing with them to do. So it's, it's fucking epic, you know. But he gave me this. We've been, I've been, I've been, we, we have this place here that gets these kind of fruity things. So I pick up a bunch of them and I give them to him, them up there. And so it's been kind of a fad, you know. I don't know if you drink at all, like but pretty. I don't, huh? but I, I don't, I don't, I do not drink, but uh, I don't hate on those who do to each their own as long as you're not hurting anybody else. You know what I mean? I don't drink much. I like, like I said, I drink like a half a beer or like um, maybe I'll drink two of these, but that's my, my, my drinking thing. Yeah, maybe do that like one, two, three times a week, whatever, whenever I feel like it. But so <clears throat> it's nice, you know, I, uh, I take a vows not to get intoxicated, you know? So, I mean, I've been fracted on those a little bit at times, but intoxication is a unique word, you know? So. Yeah. I don't know why I actually gave up alcohol with my first child. To be honest with you. So it'd be 25 years ago the alcohol it's just uh it was one of those things i didn't think it was a necessity in my life anymore and i was a drinker <laughs> i'm not bullshitting anybody to say that i wasn't help, he heavy into the alcohol up until that point in fact i think i was almost intoxicated on the way but true to my word that was the last day that was the last day I figured it was no longer needed in my life, and it was uh, uh, it would help me provide for that child. And both were true. You know, the alcohol was no more, no more needed. You know, uh, my daughter B, I'll save her last, her name there, but uh, uh, was everything that uh, I needed to, you know, in life. You know what I mean? It was that missing piece that I no longer needed the alcohol so you know and then i actually i gave up i you talked about tobacco i used to chew tobacco too and i gave that one up for uh for my middle daughter there lexi and chad there so, sick you know, it's, Good on you, dude. when i Good. came down came down to the third daughter there there was nothing left but cannabis and i was like yeah i love you but that's where the selfishness came in. I was like, yeah, I can, we're, we're all right. All right. I can make this work. And uh, 
So I kept I kept the cannabis uh, uh, for the third round, but you know that's still the staple. Of my only guilty pleasure, aside from a, a, a microdose here and there, uh, try like once a week to try to keep things a little a little level, a little bit of a reset, you know, kind of keep the ego in check with some mushrooms. Nice. That's it. I think that's fair enough, isn't it? I, I usually eat mushrooms every day or every other day or something. And then um, I've, um, you know, I'll take some cactus or, you know, puff herb. The herb is, the, you know, I stopped for a while, I don't know, six weeks or something like that. But I started again for a few reasons because um, <clears throat> the medicinal aspect that it offers in the sense of, my body and equilibrium of my cells. I, it's really interesting because it just feels like it's a sort of antioxidant in some type of way. And of course, um, bringing a lot of balance in the sense of the anti-carcinogenic aspect of things, um, the vasodilation aspect of things. It's like really, so utilizing it in those ways to like, you know, and then of course, utilizing it out of the self-centered aspects, you know, the beer for me, half a beer very selfish i like it you know it's like that you know you have to know that like if i eat sugar i'm like mm, it's a very selfish thing i like it you know in that way you know it's like the meaning it's it's only benefiting myself you know <laughs> and and really it's not even benefiting myself you know that's more the meaning what i mean by selfish you know benefiting myself meaning i'm enjoying it but it's actually not probably good for me you know I'm being selfish, you know. It's funny you bring up the, like the sugars there, you know. That's another thing too, as far as you know, my journey with this plant, and then into the soil. I realize uh, how plants utilize sugars. You know, every everything utilizes sugars at some point, either good or bad. And then I realized, you know, as the, the relationship with the microbes in the gut. And then I noticed that uh, I, I drink a lot of kombucha and stuff like that. You know, I, and I find that helps keep me feel good. And it just all raw, it makes me feel good. You know, my body, yeah, I, I just can't say enough about the health benefits, I think, from drinking that. But when I didn't drink it or relaxed on it and got guilty with the sugars, I noticed that the gut started coming back, the shitty feeling, and then it kind of clicked in my head, the, the relationship with the micro, the good and the bad. And I was thinking, well, I'm taking in this bad sugar, basically the white processed sugars and the cornstarch and you know, the syrups and stuff. And I was feeding, exactly, I was targeting nothing but the bad stuff. So I noticed, started thinking, I gotta pull that nasty sugar out, kind of keep that stuff in check too. But it's weird how the correlations with, you know, again, plant and human and then nature seem to, to revolve uh, as you journey into it. You see the correlations, how we work one another with one another. We're so very similar, <laughs> uh, us in nature, that's for sure. For sure. 
that's the beauty, you know. That's the that makes it makes it easier too, you know. And that's why with a lot of this stuff we can relate so well, you know, and see the mirror like wisdom and everything, you know, actually, you know. All the way up onto a universal level, you know, you start looking at this like yeah, like this uh solar system, you're like, man, it looks a lot like an atom or uh you know. So it's like, hmm. And you see how our body works, how our gut's similar to the earth biome, you know, soil. Similar relations on how nutrients are being uptaken and um identified you know so it's like it's different but similar you know if you've seen that movie fantastic fungi you're like wow it's so sick you know have you seen it the fantastic no, I have not. dude you got to watch it fantastic fungi it's so sick like on another level cool man it's um oh, paul stanton he's like the mushroom guru mega He's a super G. It's like basically about his journey, you know, and his re reality with mushrooms. And it's super psychedelic and super the cinematography of it. It's like on another level, man. Talks all about the, you know, relationships of and why. And it's pretty sick. Pretty cool. I think I actually watched a portion of that uh uh, Smiley's Garden that's in chat actually sent me a link to another gentleman uh, who I can't remember the name of, but he's in chat and hopefully I'll throw it up, that uh, did a lot of uh, mushroom research and had set up uh, stuff in his garage and in his bathroom so he could like uh, do time elapse and, you know, capture it all in video these like neon mushrooms and stuff wow. like that and you know I, I i thought his story was pretty cool all in all because you know it's just fascination with mushrooms and it's just like a kid like uh you know hunger for it all to venture into the forest you know shit i live in the forest and it gets dark as shit out here. There's, there's nights where I'm not going out there for nothing. You ain't paying me for nothing to venture out there in the woods. And then I had to see this gentleman, and he's like, yeah, I just wander around the woods. The darker, the better with a camera to try to find these just little, you know, light-up neon mushrooms to capture. And, you know, this is the time to look. And I'm thinking, man, that's awesome that, you know, you don't even think, you don't even think, you're not even thinking of the dangers. You're just thinking of the the awesomeness of capturing, you know, that that moment. I'm like, that is so Thanks. awesome. Fuck, <laughs> I love passion, bro. Like, people passionate about their thing is sick, you know? So cool, you know. Fucking can't stand haters, you know. Me and this, me and, me and me and Coma, you know, Coma the grower, he's like super cool. People think he's fucking not so cool, but I think he's fucking super cool. I like the guy, he's really cool. Anyway, we're doing a collab, we're gonna call it Haters Tears, something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. So, um, because I think we both got a couple of haters, you know. Um, I think he might have a couple more than me, but. I'm sure I got a couple, you know. 
<laughs> he's uh that he's you know i've i followed como and i still pay attention to what he does oh he says uh smiley says his name's uh stephen axford is the the mushroom uh gentleman man that was pretty cool the fucking uh, the, but, the, the, the uh, mega neon man with the like black light guy with the slow the guy that's the yeah, yeah, yeah. Stephen what Stephen Axford. Shoot me uh, something on a DM. Shoot me a DM. Don't on the on the DM because I'll I'm already I'm like, you know, I'll forget. Please. I will, I will. The mushrooms are neat, man. I fucking love mushrooms. That's been my, you know, mushrooms and between mushrooms and cactus. That's the those are the best all dayers, you know. All like if you're gonna do something all the time, you know. The cactus helped me a lot, you know, when I was doing a lot of my preliminary stuff with um studies and buddhism and stuff and memorization and all that kind of thing help me a lot you know it's like easier memorize stuff you know or something because i was doing like upper division geology and stuff in uvo at the same time you know years ago you know um and uh just made it really easy weird like it felt san pedro cactus kind of like that limitless pill you know you see that movie limitless it's like uh uh, there's a movie Limitless where these guys taking this like this speed pill or something, this kind of pill and makes them like fucking uh, makes their brain work good, you know. Anyway, this uh, the San Pedro Cactus is kind of like that, but it's with your body too. You almost feel like a fucking superhero, you know. You know, like lots of endurance, lots of energy, lots of like um, you know stamina, everything, you know. So mushrooms. Yeah. Mushrooms kind of similar, you know, if you take the right dose and you find the right mushroom that works. And what's cool about mushrooms, it's like not so edgy. And if you find the right mushroom, it doesn't have the like, I don't like the down body high bull, you know. That, uh, so when Paul Seaman actually, when he talks about microdosing, he talks about uh, mixing it up, don't he? Not necessarily taking the same one, but maybe, you know, mixing yeah, that- like three. That's nice. He's a G, you know. That's what you do with weed too, man. It's like one gets old, two the other one gets old, the other one gets old, mix them all together, you know. So good. the new one, you know. <laughs> um my friend um Doc's Dank Seeds on Instagram. There's Doc Dank Seeds. He's like fucking G Lord. Love that guy. So nice. Um he gave me these mushrooms, these uh I think it's called psilocybe hooshanagi, hooshanagi, something like that. Psilocybe hushanagi, these little tiny mushrooms. Fucking so good, man. They're really nice, really clear, really energetic, really cool. Taste nice, you know, they don't taste very strong. And you don't have to eat very much. Little tiny one, you know, or two or three, whatever. But like two is a nice, three is a nice little microdose, you know, like a nice more, a little bit more, you know. But um Really good. Enigmas are kind of nice. I don't know if you've had those. Enigma. They look like a brain. Very interesting. Very interesting. Just had an advocate for uh, Pop Shrooms on Instagram was like uh, a week ago. And he's uh, a gentleman that's an advocate for, you know, the research of uh, psilocybin and other mushrooms and teaches people how to cultivate their own and all that good stuff but it was uh he 
he was another great guest, very passionate, full of life. And uh, I enjoyed that episode. You know, there's, there's just something about that, the, that psychedelic experience that unlocks some stuff, you know what I mean? That otherwise, and it sometimes it, it takes people that's been around it for a while to see the passionate, you know what I mean? That really sells it. And he was, he was one of them gentlemen. That, that, <laughs> it, was, yeah, it was a good episode. He was very passionate about uh, it all. That's sick. Cause it probably changed his life, you know? Oh, it, did, it definitely did. It was kind of funny because, you know, here we're doing the episode and, you know, he's he's passionate about it. He was very passionate. I mean, he's given me, you know, his his take on it all. And he's like, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to say, he wasn't yelling at me, but he was like, you know, <laughs> you know, he's he, very blunt with the message. You know what I mean? And... And then I, I'd say, I may mention about chat and uh, I'm like, we're live. And he's like, oh, we're live? <laughs> well, that changes everything. I don't know if I would have been so direct with, you know what I mean? But it, it was like, I said, no, I saw shit that, you know, I enjoy. I needed to hear. Thank you. You know what I mean? It, it was obviously being meant to be, you know, meant to be and meant to be directed as such. So, you know, don't be something. Sorry, but it was a great episode, and I appreciate the folks that are out there spreading the message and the word and making it possible for others to, you know, do for themselves and have that experience and turn other people on. It's, you know, I think it's no coincidence, to be honest with you, that cannabis and, you know, mushrooms have come to the forefront as far as um, a medicine. And, you know, both of them are, you know, very holistic. You know, it's, I can't believe they've been taken off the menu for so long when it, it's just something that feels so right. You know what I mean? It doesn't take an experience with either to go, you know, this isn't, this isn't what I've been sold all these years. And uh, it's, and again, I don't think it's no question, no, no, no uh, coincidence, if you will, that it's being pushed at the forefront of this, you know, mess that we're in. You know what I mean? As things, as humanity, as a as a whole, heads, there's these plants going. You know, hey, you know, there's another way. You know, keep yourself in check and balance. Don't forget about the the holistic mother earth don't forget don't take us out of the equation you know basically <laughs> we helped you get here you know like <laughs> this was you know um you know my 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 first teacher would say that we we brought all these things here with us you know because there he said there's this myth of inkari you know he calls it the myth of inkari you know or say like we left our other planets for some reason either whether it be from we had to or we did for other reasons but either way we're not there anymore we're here now so it's a myth you know but imagine leaving on a 
whatever our spaceship comet was and coming here with all the tools to evolve through, you know, come here and hit this planet, hitting Pangea or whatever, destroying all the dinosaurs that were going to make it very uninhabitable for a human type of life form, you know, and then through time evolve through the process, you know, whatever process that may be, but that seed was the seed that came with all the tools for us to get here, you know? So, bam, hits, Pangea splits, everything goes into continental shift. All the dinosaurs die. All scary lizards, man. Imagine there's fucking 30, 40 foot lizards trying to eat us. <laughs> People wouldn't be giving a fuck about COVID. <laughs> yeah. COVID probably wouldn't affect them either. You know? <laughs> They're dealing with running from dinosaurs. No, I'm just kidding. But um, anyway, so then through the millions of years process, evolving through to where we are now, you know, but then now in that process, we came with all the tools, the cannabis, the Banisteriopsis capti and the chacruna for the ayahuasca, the acacia or the, whatever, chacruna or the, you know, green canary grass or whatever they're making the, you know, mimosa hostilis for the DMT. You know, you got all this, all the forms of mushrooms, you know, you got, um, what else? Iboga, you know, there's so many things and they're spread all over the world, you know? So then us, ingesting each one of those opening that gate of mind you know so he says that that's the that's the myth of inkari if we can open all those channels of all those plants from all these continents we can really like empower and embody that kind of our birthright you know say it's just a myth though you know so but you know i'm i'm short of the aboga i haven't had that you know I haven't had detura. I mean, I've smoked angel trumpet, so I guess I've had it. No, but I haven't drinking like gypsum or dr drinking detura. You know, I heard it gets you pretty high for a few days, so I don't want to go blind for a few days and have that kind of trip. Iboga, I would do, but I would. I would, I think if I do it, I want to do it with the Buiti tribe, you know, in Gabon region, like with the Lokes, you know. So other. Than I, I can't, it always makes me wonder, you know, how the, I've heard the story, but I can't believe that that cat was the first one to do the, the toad, uh, the toad semen, the, uh, toad semen, toad venom, semen. I guess. No, I don't think it was toad yeah. semen, it's toad venom. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's what, when the video, it's, uh, what is it, uh, what's his name there? I can't believe I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, he, he's the guy on Vice there that does uh, the psychedelic drugs. I can't believe I can't remember his name right now, but they told the story of it. And that's what they actually described it as. It's the first telling of the story as wow. it being a, a toad it semen. To it looks he actually squirts it out onto his windshield and it dries out and he scrapes it out and smokes it. And did, he like, squirt it 
penis or did he squirt it out of his neck? <laughs> I, you know, actually, in the in the pamphlet, he shows different spots where it does discreet from. There you go, Hamilton's cornucopia. There you go. But yeah, I, he they described it as semen, and I thought to myself, you know, when I first heard it, I'm like, all right, you know, who, how do you be first I, I up? And even if you think there's some type. You know, you have to get over what you've just done. <laughs> I don't have, I don't, I don't do semen, man. I'll stick to the plan DMT, bro. I'm all good. Right. But it, you're right. It is a venom. But that's the way they described it in the, in the, in that episode the first time. Even, even the like, venom. I'm not doing the venom either. I, I'm not, I actually, I'm, I'm not going to do any toad venom or semen. I'm not going to do any like, I'm not gonna eat any puffer fish. I'm not like, or whatever it is that gets you high like that. I'm not gonna do those kind of things because I think it's kind of weird for me to take another animal's defense mechanism and you know ingest it so you get high. I'm like, eh, let's stick to the plants. Personally, you know, I'm cool. basically, would well in Farmington, Hamilton's cornucopia. There, he was wanting to take that because the the trip was uh so beneficial uh, it basically it's ayahuasca with another leg to it which extends it out for a much longer period of time so he was wanting to track down the people and get some samples basically so they could you know reverse it into a synthetic form but uh he, he definitely found the values in it. That's why he was, you know. But I agree with you, you know. There's, I, again, I'm with you with the natural forms. You know what I well, mean? Harvest it's all good. it, eat it. I would, I would, I would do it with the, with the tribe that, like, you know, I would probably do it then, you know. If they offered it, then I would do it with that tribe. But I'm not doing it with some white guys milking frogs, you know. Like, that's just not what I'm going to do, you know. But, um, <laughs> you know. That sounds like not Fair my enough. style. Fair enough. <laughs> but I, it's cool that they do it. I heard the high is really nice. And I heard it is really healing, you know. And I heard the frog, like, takes them on the little journey, you know. And they get, like, they, they you know. So, that's cool. It's, it's just, um, you know, not um, not for me. Um, oh, that's many roads down. Many roads down. I gotta. I've got to track down the ayahuasca guy first. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I'm. I'm traveling to any deserts looking for frogs anytime soon. <laughs> no man. Now you get everything off IG almost, man. Well, that well takes away from the experience, like you said. You know, it, it's more fitting to go go through the ritual. Than it would be yeah. to you know just find some cat on fucking Instagram, send it in the fucking file. That'd be that'd be Larry as fuck, man. I'm excuse my language, but man, yeah, I I want no questionable substances, especially when it's supposed to be a bot. Yeah, 
secreted from something. Yeah. There's too many weirdos on the internet to be just yeah. popping. He's smoking someone. <laughs> Probably. I didn't want I didn't want to say it, but yeah. Hi, but weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm beyond embarrassed right now. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. I got... that I just can't describe in my mouth. It just won't leave. Yeah. No. No. The internet's no. No. They have the bufo toad right. When they 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 burn it and they put it in and supposedly like. Uh, <clears throat> you go into kind of some minor convulsions a little bit but then once you get dialed up you're like one with the jungle and you like see everything you see a little everything like you're like mega hunter you know that's the one the that's the one they're referring to in that episode oh that one that's the yeah yeah that's they they talk about that's cat that guy's journey and the, he's okay. the first one that supposedly did it and wrote the manual. They actually did like a follow-up to that episode recently because they went through this whole thing because they found the, the Bufu frog, Bufo frog uh, manual, you know what I mean? And there was only so many made and it's, but they tried to track down that gentleman and they found some cat that uh, claimed to be that guy the author of the book and so come like a year later they find out that somebody writes in and has proof you know that guy's a fraud he isn't the one come see us down here in texas it was an old military base missile base that the guy had bought and then i kind of turned it into like this psychedelic uh bufo frog fucking friend watched that dude he said it was insane but he called him out. He's like, yeah, that guy was a liar. This is the brief guy. And they had actually gotten together and were reprinting that original uh, little booklet that, you know, tells how to do it. And it was from that episode that they were talking about, you know, taking it back to a synthetic form, you know, so no frogs would be hurt, you know, in that, you know, uh, in that oh, is journey. That, is that where the five MEO? PMT came from? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly. Exactly. Cool. So there is some good, I guess, that come out of it. But again, you know, who's to be the first that guy? You know what I mean? Uh, And even up until that point, it was like legend. You know what I mean? It was like unheard of. I think he had read about it in maybe uh, old... uh, National Geographic episode of uh, journal and magazine back in the day and kind of researched it recently. I don't know. Really? It's crazy on the, the, the calling people get, you know what I mean? And obviously it was calling for him to change other people's lives with that for experience. Sure. I heard, I've heard um, um, there's one guy with this like is bufo or this i don't know if it's a bufo toad but um dmt toad that like uh <clears throat> has like a whole therapy center around it still currently it's happening you know 
So that's pretty interesting. Um, the whole experience of going out and getting it, you know, like the first time I got high up ayahuasca, I was, you know, at the first Amazonian shamanic conference in Iquitos, Peru. And um, from there we went four hour, five hour trip up the Amazon. This little little boat, you know, not little, but like 13 footer, 14 footer little canoe. And it had like a, like a lawnmower or a, you know, weed eater motor, you know, and the guy had to like stand up, you know, uh, and so you're like out there, you know, and go with this guy, you know, Westerner guy, white guy owned the property and a Shipibo shaman out there. Really cool shaman. Anyway, you know, it's like, fuck man. At that point, all I'd heard, there was not much information on ayahuasca, you know, anywhere. It was just like Arrowwood's vaults, you know, you couldn't like, just like, look in your paper and like have some urban shaman give you ayahuasca with some like guy they gathered up you know somewhere some shaman you know like that didn't happen in every town like it happens now you know um so anyway you had to go to peru you had to go to ecuador you had to go to somewhere and get it you know um or brazil you know but um so yeah the experience of going and getting it's quite interesting you know there ain't no turning back then, you know, when you get really high out there, you're like, you get it, you know, <laughs> it was really interesting. I remember when I, the night before, or the night before, two, two nights before I had ayahuasca, this lady, Norma Panduro, she was like supposed to be the best female ayahuasca girl. And I was like, oh man, first ayahuasca I want to have with a woman, you know, I'm going to have like, there's a woman shaman that's sick, you know, and have a her, you know, and she hadn't fallen asleep, you know, she's like drunk or something, you know. It's crazy, bro. It was crazy. You know, I didn't even get high. I had like four glasses. I was like, well, this is junk, you know. Um, and my teacher, you know, or my first teacher, you know, at the time, he, he he started singing songs. He started holding down the ceremony, you know, because like she was like, you know, it was very interesting. You know, I was like tripped out. I was like, well, I said, what's up with this ayahuasca, Armando? I'm not even getting high. Like four glasses. He's like, yeah, it makes this bunk, you know. <laughs> I was like, what? He's like, I'm not feeling it, you know. I was like, oh. So anyway, two nights later, I went out to this other spot. And then, you know, I had the first class. The guy comes back around. He's like, oh, would you like some more? I said, no, nah, man, not if it's going to get not get me high, you know, because this is like doesn't taste very good. So I want it to work, you know. He's like, oh, come to my seat then, you know, and I'll give you one. I said, all right. And he busts out the bottle out the back, you know, had like a black snake on it, you know. <laughs> like classic you know poured the glass i had the glass by the time i was like back to my seat i was like getting like fucked up you know and like i laid down usually I, now i don't you know i wouldn't lay down now in it in it but like and i just this time i laid down you know laid down i got so high i was like well and i when i went to throw up i saw these little like marsupial creatures you know the ones with the big eyes you know and the big ears but they're little kind of creature you know like a, not a ringtail cat, but like something looks like that. I forgot the name of it. But I was like, ah, throwing up off the Maloka, you know, and it's just like in my mind, it's, these things are just, two things just laughing at me, you know, their eyeballs like spiraling rainbows. I'm just like, it's like full on DMT fractalville, you know, with these like, I was just like, wow, bah. you know, and then I'm like sitting there, you know, and like <laughs> pretty high, you know, after I like kind of like did that and, you know, the, the Shipibo shaman scene, you know, and he's like, 
looks like an alien, you know, he has this like Shapibo, Shapibo gear on, you know, and he's like singing, you know, he's just like moving and it's like singing, man. And as he's singing all the like sounds were coming out, like in like algebraic equations, like all these, like, you know, basically formulas of were coming out of the vibration frequency instead of like, it was like, I was, I was tripping hard, you know, obviously, I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I was just having this like epiphany of the relation of like vibration, frequency and math and all this. So I was like, you know, so I don't know. I got pretty high. It was like, it was really cool. And um, a lot more happened than that, you know, but it was interesting, you know. So then from that point, I went out to um, the Sacred Valley in Peru with um, Armando. So went through all of the the like basically i went there with my girlfriend at the time and he son with his girlfriend was funny as both our girlfriend's name was anna marie and Anne marie you know <laughs> so he's like oh that's so weird you know both you guys you know so it was like this big thing for him too and then our relation with the family link and you know it's it's been a really interesting journey with the family and you know he's, he's dealt with a lot of crazy people even he like you know, when um, Greg Long died out at Cortez, Cortez Banks, big wave surfer, you know, he, to get his head back together, he went and seen Armando have ayahuasca, you know, and like a lot of big wave surfers go to see him. He lives now in South Africa on Jeffrey's Bay, but um, he's seen a lot of people, you know, and he's had a lot of crazy people, you know, because he's crazy, you know, so it's like to deal with people like us, you know, you can't be like, you know, you need to you need to be a weird too. <laughs> so I might not be so we might we might be too tough for you, you know. <laughs> so you have to be able to earn the respect, you know. And it goes goes both ways in these kind of scenarios too, you know. So through all that whole experience, I think maybe I was one of the only ones that made it through the whole whole program with him. So hence why I'm, you know, me and his son were like brothers. We don't we don't we don't talk too much to his dad um anymore but um you know we're, we're we're all the time you know so it's been a really interesting journey and now like have like a homeland in peru and you know it's very it's very cool you know it's um it's it, it was worth it all but you know sometimes you have to give up all of it to then like uh get get this new thing that's even cooler you know but giving up the whole the whole um past of what you've created it's kind of tough you know but if you do sometimes like what's out there is just on another level cool you know you did never even fucking thought it was gonna be so sick you know because he even told me he's all man what do you want to do you want to be some yogi with like long hair and like in your cave you like the guy like that or some like shaman guy singing your song for all the ladies you know like what's up bro he's all why don't you just have like an aware kid you know take this relationship that you've created with a wisdom plant that you've already mastered and master your intention now, you know, and you have an aware child, you practice hard, you, you know, spread this plan out really strong and you do the thing, man, all secret, like secret revolution, you know, so we don't get like, you know, you make too much noise these days. They seem like they make you fucking, they really cancel you, you know, like Putin style, you know? <laughs> so 
<laughs> so we don't want that. So like more longevity, you know, you have more longevity. And, um, and that's why, you know, having to wear a kid, share the plant, share the information. And just cruise on, you know, have a good time, catch some waves, catch some powder. Have some good friends, have some good life. I think my phone's going to die. All the above. I think all the above are key to a good life. And yeah, I was just getting ready to check in with you because it is getting late and uh, <laughs> it has been an honor. I would honestly, you know, I'd love to get you back. And I, I prefer to end on a good note with somebody than to drag it, you know, drag it out to where it's like, oh, I don't want to do that again. So I would I'd much rather go out with that smile on your face for sure. With that being said, uh, there's a couple things I'd like to uh, tell you, and one thing I'd like to get from you before you go. One of them is um, I told you prior to the show that they, you know, the time slot is from 11:30 to 4:20 every night, and tonight is no different. Even if we were to go right to the 4:20, I would shut things down, and every night I do a uh, shout out to everybody that yourself that's and people in chat that participate to the show that's my way of being grateful and being vocal about you know i told you that in the beginning i do it every night you know i do my shout outs I'm, i try to be vocal for my you know, this thing this Nick. life uh, it's it's i'm blessed but uh I'm, I'm the zoom number for the show is always the same so what i'm getting at is you know we, we're going a little bit short, so I will fire up what I call the wormhole next. And that is like a filler episode. And that's open to everybody. You have to be a past guest to jump in the wormhole. And it's an evolving panel. So anytime Monday nights is a open a wormhole, you know, I don't do the spotlight. I just jump in at two o'clock my time and whatever happens, happens. But if you subscribe to the channel and anytime you see a wormhole going on, you don't need an invitation. If we're talking about something that interests you in a lot of nights, it could be psychedelics. It could be growing. It could be deep dives into a conspiracy theory. And sometimes we get pretty deep into those. So if you happen to see something that applies to you, you don't need an invitation. You've got the Zoom link. All you got to do is click it, join in. We'd love to have you, you know, new perspective, new people always makes for great conversation. So I wanted to make sure and extend that open invitation for you. Anytime you see fit, please take us up on that and join us during any wormhole. The other thing I'd like to get from you before your phone dies is I do this like old school, like a uh, sound bite. This is the only like portion of the show that I actually like record for my my benefit i guess and it'd be it's basically an advertisement for your episode so i'm always with my words me as an example i would say something close to hey this is eagle gardens i'm on fucking talking shit with the eagle episode 368 you can add whatever you want to it say whatever please make it your own but that's what i'd like to get from before you. really sick wrapping out with you here at eagle gardens man i've really fucking just blew my mind. I had the greatest time and I really like it was such a great honor, man. Thank you so much. And everyone, I hope you everyone enjoyed it. And 
really tune back in because fun things like this can happen here. So sick times. Thanks so much. Thank you, man. And you donated a large chunk of your time tonight and uh, I can't thank you enough for real. And uh, have a yeah. great night. And I look, I wish you the best and I look forward to speaking with you hopefully sometime again in the future. Hell yeah, man. Good times. Thank you so much. You have a good night. I'll go yeah. ahead and wrap it up here. And uh, again, one last thank you before I get to all that. You know, you have a good one. I've enjoyed this conversation. It was a great night. Yeah. Thank you, man. Thank Me you. too. Yeah, thank you, man. Reality is the best. Keep keeping it real. We'll see you. Right. Have a good one. For thank those of you. you guys are watching, thank you for very much for watching this. Uh, it was a great episode. Hopefully, you've had some fun. Maybe picked out some knowledge through this all. <laughs> I see. I see the the new catchphrase there. Oh no! But you guys know the deal. Please do something nice for somebody. Random acts of kindness do save lives. I'm a living, breathing example of that. <clears throat> but please. Rest your legs, stretch, fill up your tray, get something to drink, and join me here in a few minutes in the wormhole. Thank you for watching. I'll see you guys in a few. Love you guys.